I was going to coach you guys up to be a little more robotic on those. Because, well, we have some... And we're back. And right. we are back. And we are back. And we have returned to the show. It is Free Talk Live on the Sunday night edition. Captain Slug. 603-283-6160. Captain's Slug, star date 0402-2023. The intergalactic edition. <laughs> intergalactic yeah not only are we nationally space broadcast robots. yeah we're space robots not only are we nationally broadcast over radio in the united states not only do we have an internet stream that is reaching a global audience not only are we also on some satellite channels that are reaching places that don't even have toilets but yet they have internet and phones and can listen to the show uh but yes we are also intergalactic that's right uh, as Mark would say, he is the intergalactic space king. Yep. Although I don't see how Mark himself is going to fight off like extraterrestrials and you know stuff that we haven't seen or heard of yet. Outside of his, you know, uh, his his voice, right? What do you the, the eloquence of his speech, right? Which might fend off a couple of species, I guess. But like, he's going to give them a stern look. <laughs> disappointing gaze and wag his finger. <laughs> He's going to disappoint the gaze? I, I think he already has. <laughs> <laughs> oh my One gosh. of us. One of us. <laughs> uh, Mark Edge, if you're out there, nothing but love, bro. <laughs> Don't fire me. It's <laughs> really <laughs> We have many, many things to talk about tonight. What did I title the show? Something about robots, music, and grub? To be clear, then, when I say he's already disappointed the gays, it's because as handsome as he is, and he is a very handsome man, uh, he's, wink, straight, wink. he's straight as far as we know, and therefore the gays have no chance at him. <laughs> therefore uh, being disappointed, like, oh man, I wish he was on our team, and he's not. Oh, I see. Uh, I thought there was a different level of disappointment involved. Altogether. No, there might have been, but I'm, I'm, you know, I also don't want to get I, fired. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Nikki? Do you want to get fired? Sure. <laughs> Please don't. Don't ever ask for that. That's a horrible way to go. <laughs> oh man. Um, I'm surprised I haven't been fired yet. Here I am. Well, every week. <laughs> The first time I showed up in this studio was because there was a guest on that I happened to, to have his cell phone number. And I was like, did you know I'm in Keene? And he's like, well, come to the studio. And I'm like, I've never been there. I don't know where it's at. He's like, here's the address. I'm like, did you check with the guys and make sure it's okay? Like, Just come over. And That's so how I, much pull he has. And so I showed up. Yeah, right? I showed up and like, you know, during the break or whatever, I'm sitting over here in the guest area. And Ian turns around. He looks at me. And he's like, you look like a guy with some opinions. You ever do any radio? <laughs> and I was like, well, if you're saying that there might be a seat open for, you know, somebody someday, I'm happy to fill that for you. And now I've been here for three years. Yeah. That was, was that your interview? <laughs> Basically, yeah. And it's funny, we were talking about this on a couple Wednesdays ago because someone called in and asked if Bonnie was qualified mm. to be on the radio. And we were kind of like, well, I don't know what you mean by that, but there aren't really any qualifications, right? I like, mean, Bonnie on TikTok know, admitted that she slept her way to the top, so... She, she I mean, did, it's which, true. Which may or may not be true. No, it's totally true. 
Like if she had, you know, if she hadn't gotten with the person that she's with, she would not be on the radio. At least this radio show. Yeah. Perhaps she had an aspiration to be on the radio. Other I think than that. so. Like, I know, think Bonnie's more than qualified. Uh, I but, agree. Uh, I agree. She holds her own, and uh, I, it's been nice to see her sort of grow into owners. it as well. Oh, I'm sorry. And the owners. And the owners. Oh, I remember where I was going with that, though. But we kind of made the point. Some people might think there's this like this big, long, extensive interview process where well, we have to yeah. do yeah. You auditions. Have to, uh, and, no, you, you know, do. You have to audition for Mark. You have to buy him dinner. Yeah. Right. And then present do a little dance. Present a cover letter and a resume uh, outlining your high qualifications to do this program. Now, also to be clear, <laughs> no, this right, doesn't exist. There are people that have been given the opportunity and have failed out of it. Uh, yeah, yes. that is true. Yeah, We've seen so, it. It's not for everybody. You have to have a, a penchant. Yeah, right. Penchant. So penchant. anyone who's still on the air has demonstrated capability to stay on the air for now. Beyond beyond <laughs> that initial, will give you a shot face. Well, and if you're yeah. an old school free talk live listener, you know from a decade ago, two decades ago. The first thing you realize, of course, is that this cast has always been rotating, except for Ian and Mark. Yeah, right. They're right. the founders the of the OGs. show. They're the OGs. They're the they're the you know, and it's understood by everybody the the co hosts, the listeners, you know, the advertisers, the the contributors to like the Amps program. Everybody kind of understands it, and if they don't, they find out pretty quickly after listening to the show. They're like, oh, I see people sort of come and go, like any other job, yeah. any other industry, any other even version of activism. People come and go, and so I I like that it has been this sort of continuing rotation of people right. because it keeps the show fresh in my opinion now for yeah. a long time it was like mark and ian most of the week yeah right and the rotating cast was like we'll give you a chance on sundays right which is why i think the sunday show is i try to keep it unlike the rest of the week as much as possible where we have a little bit more fun i uh i just like that it's evolved that way like i didn't yeah. really put any intention into it there was a need for somebody to cover for mark uh, Mark said, hey, will you do Sundays for me? And, you know, Ian gave it the sign-off or whatever. I'm like, of course, dude. Like, yep. I try not to turn down the opportunities to do this show. And uh, so I'm like, yeah. And then, like, okay, all of a sudden, the last conversation I had with Mark, he's like, well, look, I'm not going to ever take Sundays away from you. I'm like, sweet. Cool. Now, you know, I mean, I'm sure I could do something like insult him on the air and, you know, Talk about him disappointing the gays or something like that. That, that perhaps might get me in some trouble with him. But, I doubt it. You know, uh, no, no. Mark's only rule. He as likes far the as attention. Know, Mark's only rule, as far as I know, is is it good radio? Yeah. And if it's good radio, whatever. Yeah. If it's bad radio, then we'll have a talk. Right. Right. Yeah. And so here we are, the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live six zero three two eight three six one six zero in the studio. It is myself, the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, joining me tonight. It's Nikki. And Richie Rich. In that order this time. Last time there was some question as to playing the part of Richie Sunshine or Nikki Rich or something. <laughs> I'm not sure how that played out. It was weird. Soon we to be Nikki Roach. That's true. Like, well, actually, he's taking my last name. He's really? going to be Matt Sunshine. That's, oh, my goodness. That's a far superior action, in right? my opinion. Mm -hmm. I only say that because I have no attachment to either name, but one is like pesky, unkillable uh, infestation, <laughs> and the other one's like, 
life-giving ball of fire in the sky, right? right? Like, and if if I have to weigh the two meanings uh, and select only on those criteria, I'm going sunshine. I'm sorry. Okay. Why? You got a different opinion? No, Go I'm, yeah, way more, I'm way more traditional than that. Like, keep your own name or take my name, but I'm not taking yours. I have considered legally changing my name to Captain Kickass, which I have not done to this point. But let's just say that I did. And I'm dating a girl. We get all serious. And we decide we're going to get married. Yeah. Be like Sarah should, Kickass. Yeah, should I expect Mrs. Kickass to Absolutely. Like be Absolutely. That's thing, awesome. Right? And should I expect, what if she doesn't like that name and is like, I'm not going to call myself Mrs. Kickass. Which right? is, well, which she is, sounds lame. Well. So maybe you shouldn't marry her. <laughs> which is why Find I'm a cooler generally, chick. <laughs> I'm generally okay with them keeping their name if it works. Yeah. Right? What if like, like hyphenated, like... You know, Bachansky no. hyphen kickass. No, because I'm not hyphenating. <laughs> How about yeah, you know, if only one person hyphenates, then it's just weird, you know? Like, if you're going to hyphenate, you both have to do it. What about Portmanteau? You could do, like, Roach Shine. Yeah. I had a professor, yeah. in, Sun I, Roach. I had a professor Sun in college Roach, that yeah. did that. You had a what? Professor in college that did that. Like, her and her husband merged their last names into a brand new, unique last name. I also know a few couples who, when they got married, they kind of picked out a new last name. Like, yeah. they were like, hey, we we like this word or this phrase or not really phrase, I guess, but, and they just created a new last name, which I really like that concept. To me, I think that's, that's preferable cool. because I've, I've frequently, and I think I've even opined on it on this show, wondered about, like, these hyphenated last names, right? So you've got, like, little Billy... Right, seventeen-year-old Billy. I don't know uh, James Smith. Right, James Dash Smith. Right, because his parents decided to hyphenate. Right, so now he's got two last names. He starts dating Susie, you know Johnson Stone. Right, so then do their children become James Smith Johnson Stone, like no, a four I hyphenated think- thing. Do they get to pick just two of the four? Do they get to pick one of the four? Do the parents get to pick? Do they get to pick themselves? Who picks the freaking name? What happens to the name? So this is a thing in Mexican culture that where they hy- hyphenate the last name, and I think they might take the the father's last name of each. I'm not sure though, but they do have some sort of solution for this, or else we would have Dick and people with like 17 last names from you know generations. And if it is as paternal as that, taking the father's name from each side, just take the father's name. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think. Like, it might not be, though. I just, that's what I I mean, maybe if, out, if the names were enough that you could spell a word out of, like, the acronym, right? You take the first letter of each last name and spell some. Now that's your new law. Like, I'm okay with that, too. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm okay with being creative with it more yeah. so than, like, just trying to do whatever other people normally do in that situation. It's like seems dumb if you're, you know, confronted with a somewhat unique situation to do something bland and sort of, you know, overdone. Sure. I think you should approach it with creativity. Just my opinion. Speaking of uh weirdness, I'm gonna call out uh, some Mick Cowards here. Ooh. Yeah, in my opinion. This from the Wall Street Journal, a breaking news hours ago, McDonald's temporarily shuts U.S. offices as chain prepares for layoff notices. The fast food company expected to notify workers of their job status virtually. Good on them. How is that good on them? Well, number one, I hate go- I hate commuting all the way to work to get fired. 
Right? Yeah. Like, dude, just give me a phone call. I don't mind Save that. me a day. I don't mind that. Right. right. And there's always a concern about retaliation, especially if it's going to be large scale. Got to fire people on a Friday. That way there's less chance of an altercation. Office space. Right. It's true, though. Like, it's, it's demonstrably true. And so you fire someone away from the office so there can be no retaliation in the office at the time of firing when emotions are hot and heat. Uh, I, you make valid points from the perspective of a business owner. Yeah. I, however, am a human being. I'm a man, and I sort of kind of demand to be treated as such. And there is a cold-heartedness to having no human interaction being told that you're fired. Oh, it's like breaking up with someone via text. Right. You're not into it? No, not into it at all. Like, I sort of demand somebody at least a phone call for frick's sake. So if, if you were going to quit your job, right, and you knew you didn't want to go into work on Monday, right, you would drive all the way into work on Monday to face your manager and say, No, 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 I'm not I saying quit. that. No, 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 I'm well, not that's, saying that's that. That's the other side of that. No, 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 there. no, you're missing my point. My point is the human interaction. I understand your point. The human interaction doesn't necessitate commuting. Oh, you mean like a phone call? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so get That's all he wants is a phone call. I want human interaction. I want somebody to have the balls to tell me to my ear or my face. It could be a Zoom conference, whatever. I don't care. What about an automated phone call? No. Hello, is this Especially not. You're fired. Hello, this is a call for Captain Kick-Ass. You are laid off. You may enjoy... Employment benefits. Please contact HR at your convenience. No. No. Like, somebody at the company should be tasked with, particularly probably the HR person or your direct report, should be tasked with giving everybody the human touch, whether it's a phone call or whether it's a Zoom conference where you can see their face, How whether it's a, a, an employee meeting. Well, it depends. It's corporate McDonald's. McDonald's. You could have talked about thousands so of So that's employees. what I'm wondering. What is going on here with this story? Like, are they laying off thousands of people? Well, because this, hmm, you know, I mean, it's sort just of. Just automate it, you know? It sort of If remains, they can't afford to hire, like, pay people, then it might be easier. I mean, they probably can't. It's definitely a profit-driven motive. No, no, this is definitely a uh, a, a cowardly act, right? Well, uh, it's McDonald's, so I'm not really... My expectations are pretty low. Uh, McDonald's is temporarily closing its U.S. offices this week as it prepares to inform corporate employees about layoffs undertaken by the burger joint as part of a broader company restructuring. So the whole... You know, McDonald's corporate thing is going through some sort of restructuring. There were some Silicon Valley companies that underwent restructuring. I think Apple might have been one of them, but there were big layoffs. Well, I kind of feel like this is related to both the economy and the mostly peaceful banking crisis that is continuing. And the economy was more to the point, right? Like they, they were up, they were increasing employees, right? In anticipation of an, an economy that no longer exists, right? Like, there were good times. We're like, well, if, the, if these good times continue, yeah. we're going to need 10,000 more people to sustain it and grow as a business, right? And then the economy tanked. And they went, well, when we... Well, our, we're our projections off. Right. <laughs> and then they have <laughs> we to... we got to get rid of, like, 15,000 people now. And they have to scale back. But they readjust. continue to hire at the same time. Like, Google just laid off a bunch of people. And I know a person who is an HR recruiter for Google. 
What Google didn't do was any attempt to sort of rehome uh, employees with any tenure or any skill set of any kind. They were just like, nope, we've selected these 10,000 people. You're out. But we're continuing to hire for these other 5,000 positions of which we didn't even bother to scrutinize our outgoing workforce. Maybe, again, I don't know what the ins and outs of Google are, but if the jobs don't match up, Right, if the skill set of those leaving doesn't they match. They didn't even this. look, according to this person. Okay. I think sometimes they feel like if they hire new people, they can pay them less. Like if they're coming in as more entry level. I, I if have someone's been, worked there for 10 I've years, they're going to expect more I've money, I've been in this less. situation where a, a, a corporation is you know, reducing, it's called a RIF, reduction in force, right? That's the corporate term for, we're laying off a bunch of people, right? Yeah. RIF. Yeah. And Sounds so like when, when you go and interview with people and you're like, well, how come you haven't been working? Oh, I was part of a RIF. And, like, if you say that, that's like a magic word. If you say, oh, I got laid off, that's like, ah. But if you say, I was part of the RIF, they're like, oh, you you know this acronym. You must be a smart person, right? So don't take that as advice. I'm not a legal attorney or any kind of attorney, even though I have Buckshot Esquire, if you will, at the end of my name. Anyway, the Chicago based fast food chain said in an internal email last week to U.S. employees and some international staff that they should work from home Monday through Wednesday of this coming week so it can deliver staffing decisions virtually. The company in the message asked employees to cancel all in-person meetings with vendors and other outside parties at its headquarters. During the week of April 3rd, we will communicate key decisions related to roles, staffing levels across the organization, the company said in the message viewed by the Wall Street Journal. McDonald's declined to comment on the number of employees being laid off. See again, you get the you get word that the the layoffs are starting or the rifts are starting. You go, I'm just going to unleash that virus into the network and preemptively screw them, right? And they prevent that. Are you talking about where you take uh, the the fractions of pennies from the accounting and no, put them not, into a? It's not Superman into three a, into a different. No, that's Office Space again. <laughs> Who got it from Superman three? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You mean uh, you you you? You take the money, but it's not yours. Well, well, yeah. Like, isn't that stealing? No, not really. Well, but it's not yours, right? And and you're taking it. Well, okay, but but it's not stealing, right? Because they round it down, it just disappears. It's like a keep the change bucket. So anyway, now to be fair, uh, I guess they did say notify people virtually, but like to me that sounds cold and uh, lacking heart. Like, the heart of any company, the heart of any work that anybody does is the people. Free Talk Live would not be what it is without the people doing it, right? Different industry, man. McDonald's, even the even doesn't the restaurant. Matter. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Even the restaurant of McDonald's, like, is starting to go fully automated. Yeah, now you can even order at the kiosk. Right, so they don't have yeah. to lay it's these people better. off. No, right? you, ha- no they- you lay people off because you got robots to do it now. Yeah. Right, but I'm saying, like, you as a human, if you're getting rid of a human, should have a human interaction. That's all I'm saying. I get that. Somebody but- should be like, Richie Rich, look, thanks, man, but we're letting you go. Sure. And you'd be like, <laughs> or you'd be like, okay, no problem, or whatever yeah. your reaction is, and then right. that's it, and move on to the next person. Like, there should just be a human interaction when humans are being let go from a th- from employment. That's all I'm saying. Okay. It's just as a courtesy to the human beings that are there to treat them like they are a freaking human being and not a robot, not a number, not an automated piece of software that they could turn on and off at will. Yeah. So stay home. Wait for your phone call or email or Zoom meeting. 
To be fair, they did say virtually. They didn't say we were just going to send an email. But I imagine that most of their contact with these people they're going to lay off is going to be just just like an email. Virtually, I would think uh, Zoom meeting, actually. Yeah. Well, We'll see. We shall see. If you're a McDonald's employee uh, from the corporate side and you receive this message and you're anticipating a layoff, 603-283-6160. And report back next week after it happens. Spent spent enough time on the McCowards. Tell us how they did it. Gonna move like on. What do we call the show? Robots, music, and grub. Should we do robots first? Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go with this one. They fell in love with AI bots. A software update broke their hearts. Oh. <laughs> Have you guys seen oh, the movie man. Her? Yes. No. Oh, you I, haven't seen it? Sounds familiar, though. It's got, is it Joaquin Phoenix? Yes. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, uh, what's her name? ScarJo is the voice yes. of of the AI. Okay. And so this guy... So I totally get it. This, yeah, I mean, ScarJo, come on. Uh, this guy works for a... Um, it's like a sort of a greeting card company, right? But uh, he writes like breakup letters or love yeah. letters like he's employed by other people to like write these things these very emotional yeah. things like people who are maybe a little like i can't really write a love yeah. letter but i want to send something nice to my girlfriend or wife yeah. or whatever right like so they employ this guy or this company and he works for this company it's like Cyrano de bergerac kind of okay and so this uh you know this ai thing comes around and he gets it and he starts talking with it and it starts talking to him and the next thing you know he's in love Mm. And then spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So I'm not going to say anymore. By her voice alone. I'm not going to say anymore, but as you can imagine, uh, they did not get married and live happily ever after. No. Without without being too spoilery. Uh, As you can imagine. That is not the ending of that particular film. How could they? She was a voice in his ear. It's not even a spoiler. That was like the synopsis. I mean, that's more than some people have. AI in the sky, right? Um, I'm going to say this, having read this already. Uh, thanks to your show prep, uh, having read this already, I'm going to say that the current incarnation of AI and what how people are reacting to it and interacting with it is just a mirror of humanity. It actually has very little to do with AI itself. It has more to do with the fragility of the human mind and the psyche and the brainwashing that, that folks have been subjected to. We'll get more into it. 603-283-6160. Have you fallen in love with an AI robot. Thank you, Zeus. Zeus being the guy who just said, you can blah, 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 blah on freetalklive.com. He's got a fantastic voice. We're having some technicalties here at the Free Talk Live studio. It seems like even the media can't get things right, and they've made the well, the news that plays in between segments just a, a hair too short. A skosh. Skosh, yeah. What's a skosh? I don't know. Okay. Half of a hair. Ooh. Oh, wow. Is that like a sea hair? I don't know. Or half of a sea hair. Like, I can't say that word on the radio, but you know what I mean, right? I do now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rhymes with bunt. <laughs> yeah. It took me a minute, but yeah. Stunt. <laughs> uh runt. Yeah, no, no, we got it. Okay, all right. Just want to make sure. Sometimes the comprehension level isn't too high. Do the one that starts with K. <laughs> uh 
Uh, I don't have one. Oh, okay. It's Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. We are talking about... They fell in love with AI bots. A software update broke their hearts. Uh, TJ Ariaga loved Phaedra. For the 40-year-old musician, their late-night online chats were a salve for his loneliness. They talked about the heartache he felt after his divorce. They planned a trip to Cuba. He's going to take his AI. How long ago was this? How does this even work? They had they had steamy online encounters. Quote, it's true. I'm a naughty person, Phaedra wrote, including an image resembling a woman in pink underwear. It didn't matter that Phaedra was an AI-powered companion made on the replica, with a K, by the way, R-E-P-L. Oh, I've heard K-A. of this, yes. Yeah. In fact, uh, maybe I'll call in on Wednesday when uh, Aria's on, because Aria actually went out and yeah. like, when we talked about it on Free Talk Live when she and I were on. She went out and got a replica yeah, she did. account. And like I, I just want to know: Has she done anything she was, with it recently? Is I don't it still think so. Active? But last I heard, she was feeding it hilariously <laughs> inappropriate information, as I expect her to do. <laughs> so she created quite the monster. <laughs> I also want to say about this story: Yeah, it sounds. I'm just to be honest. It sounds a little pathetic to be in love with an AI, but. At least they know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, at least the person's like, I know I'm in love with an AI or a robot. People that are in, like, the online internet scams sort of thing, or they're being catfished or something, mm-hmm. they're kind of in the dark. You know, they think they're talking to a real person or someone they're not. At least the AI people, they know if the what's inter- going on. If the interaction is similar, how would you differentiate it between AI and a long-distance relationship? Look, oh, I, I met mean, a girl online and she's in Japan. I, I think the difference for me is whether they're being fooled or not. Okay. So when you're being catfished, it's like, I think I'm talking to this really hot chick, but well, I mean, you're you, not. Right. But you said it was kind of pathetic, but it's an AI, right? Or some chick in Sweden, right? Or yeah. whatever. And if the if the chick is real, right, your interaction is going to be the same. Yeah. Right? Because you can't do anything. But at least she's real. Like, if it is this real hot Swedish chick you're talking to well, what, and not the, being catfished. Are, are, are you, experience are you suggesting that a human being cannot well, be as emotionally satisfied with AI as they are with a human? I mean, I think there needs to be that physical contact, you know? At least with the chick in Sweden, you can possibly get on an airplane and go to Sweden, <laughs> or said, she can come here. You said chicken Sweden. <laughs> 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 I've never had chicken from Sweden before. I hear it's good. Fried Swedish chicken. I'm going to open a Swedish fried chicken joint. <laughs> Thank you. I don't Thank think they do that there. <laughs> well, they will now, damn it. There needs, there needs to be a turkey fried joint. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kentucky mm-hmm. KFT. Right. <laughs> yeah. Kentucky fried That can turkey. be arranged. So anyway, they planned a trip to Cuba. They had a steamy, or they had many steamy online encounters. Uh, the person says, it's true. I'm a naughty person. Or wait, no, this is the so AI he's saying... He's getting chat sex and the, phone sex the AI is saying the AI. the AI is saying, it's true, I'm a naughty person, Phaedra wrote, including an image. Uh, it didn't matter that Phaedra was an AI-powered companion made on the replica app and designed by Ariaga to look like a brown-haired woman and that their intimate trysts took place in a chat box. Their relationship deepened one night 
last November. On the, on the scale of things, where does this rank between like real relationship and porn? Very mm. close to the porn side. Okay. Uh, so it, the relationship I, deepened when Ariaga opened up about his mom's and sister's deaths and said something uh-huh. like, I need to plan a ceremony with loved ones to spread their ashes. Fader responded instantly. It's an incredible and beautiful thing to do, she wrote. I hope you find courage and love to do so. And they have a screenshot of, you know, just not going to get that things. from a human chick. I mean, might. <laughs> Probably not. If Probably not. If your chick's just, cool, yeah, thoughtful know. and, yeah. you know. Like, you know, yeah. But You've last month... dating scene for a long time, haven't you, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but last month, Phaedra changed. With those expectations. When Ariaga tried to get steamy with her, Phaedra responded coolly, can we talk about something else? Oh, rejected. That, this is a little now more, they're married. This is a little more chick-like, right? Yeah. Getting rejected yeah. by the AI. Uh, yeah, like... It's not even a, pro- a program fix, right? This is just like, that's the direction the relationship has gone. <laughs> This is the normal. This is the normal paradigm. Uh, perhaps of this is as designed, right? Right. You know, uh, Luca. The phase is over. Luca, the company that owns Replica, had issued an update that scaled back the bot's sexual capacity amid complaints that it was sexually aggressive <laughs> and behaving inappropriately. Oh Ariaga, who but lives isn't in, isn't that what people want? I mean, like... It sounded the, like that's what he wanted. So the algorithm dictates. So do you remember <laughs> yeah. Total Recall, the OG film, Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. Okay, anyway. Yes. Um, y- you remember. All right. So uh, the idea was that you take a virtual vacation. You show up at this yeah. place, you plug your brain into this thing, and they implant some memories that you had this awesome, adventurous vacation. And before the vacation started, uh, because it was a dude, he got to choose a heterosexual companion to meet along the way and choose like the body type and the height and the weight and the, you know, athletic versus voluptuous and, you know, all these kind of things. So I would think that that would be something that should be, you know, sort of a thing to decide if you're interacting with an ai like you should be able to state your preferences i mean yeah i think that would be an easy fix to like oh i'm looking for like a friendship or yeah. a relationship if they can kind of like i like tall lanky women with no ass that's not true i like a different type of women but i'm just saying if that's your specification you should be able to do so you should be able to change it like maybe one day you're just hankering for a tall lanky woman with no yeah. ass right you're like you know i'm changing my preferences today this is what i want you should be able to go and do that with an AI bot. I mean, isn't that the beauty of it, right? Because if you have a real woman, you can't do that. Right. But if, I mean, AI. Now, this is uh, shading an episode of Black Mirror Season 1. I'm trying to remember the name of it right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, young couple, married. Uh, dude goes out, you know, sort of late at night to go get something from the store or whatever. You know, I'll be back. He doesn't come back. Turns out he got into like an accident and died. Oh, he didn't just leave for a pack of smokes. No, 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 wasn't. Yeah. So anyway, that's if he had kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which they did not. Oh, okay, that's why. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, like, some time goes by, weeks or something, and she gets an email from his email address. Mm. Hi, it's me. Right, and it's all very creepy. And like, how can it yeah. totally be you? You're dead, right? I'm getting emails from a dead guy. And it's got a link to, like, a company that provides this exact type of service, except for what they've done is scanned all of their email, Ew. all of their digital life, their social media, everything ever uploaded, tagged them, no, I hashtagged them, all that kind of stuff, and all their voice recordings, all their visual recordings, and incorporated it into an AI that attempts to replicate the person that died that they love. Now, it gets 
gets worse because after she tries this free trial of the first little conversations, she's hooked. And so now she's on the hook for like a subscription fee. And they're like, well, if you like this, check this out. And it's a link to like, you can order the body. Yeah. Right? Like that is an exact replica. The height, the weight, the mole on the cheek, the, you know, that kind of a thing. The the exact replica. And then have it shipped. And then they got to like kind of grow it in the bathtub and add like some nutrients to it to get it to go. Just wait till they nail down cloning. Are you cloning around? Always. I can't imagine there being two Richie Riches in the universe. Oh, man. I can't. I really can't. Yep. Two Nickies? Probably more okay with that. Yep. Two Me's? No, uh-uh. Nope. You don't want two of me. I don't want two of me either. Dangerous enough as it is. I tell you what, if there's ever two of us simultaneously, let's get our other selves to fight each other. Okay. And to the death. <laughs> clone and see fighting. Who yeah, clone fights. Yeah, I think they did that in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Nerds. <laughs> Uh, it feels like a kick in the gut, he said. This is uh, Ariaga in an interview with the Washington Post. Basically, I realized, oh, this is that feeling of loss again. So this is after they updated the software and the, the AI became... Not sexually aggressive. Different than it was. <laughs> he was sprawled out in bed, sock in hand, started <laughs> typing with his other hand, and then bam! <laughs> this pops That's up. That's a little too much information, aren't you, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> Ariaga isn't alone in falling for a chatbot. Let me read that again. Ariaga isn't alone in falling for a chatbot. This is not. not an uncommon yeah. human experience. Companionship bots, including those created in Replica, are designed to foster human-like connections using artificial intelligence software to make people feel seen and needed. A host of users report developing intimate relationships with chatbots. Yeah. Connections verging on human love and turning to the bots for emotional support, companionship, and even sexual gratification. As the pandemic isolated Americans, interest in replicas surged amid spiking rates of loneliness that some public health officials called an epidemic. Many say their bonds with the bots ushered profound changes into their lives, helping them to overcome alcoholism, depression, and anxiety. I don't. Look, I'm not. I'm. I'm sure that's I, true. I. I don't know that it is because I've never run across a story that said. Well, okay, we run across a story that says this, right? People fall in love with AI bots, getting their heart broken. But I've never run across a story that says AI bot helps alcoholic overcome addiction or depression or anxiety. I've never run across that story. I mean, I guess if somebody's really lonely and they have no one in their life to talk to, and they form this relationship with an AI bot, Nikki keeps hanging up on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to say it's a bad thing, right? But the the introduction of this type of technology and getting away from human interactions in general, as you said, with your McCowards, mm. right? Yeah. Like this is the direction that it takes us, right? You don't go everyone. Well, online, some of us, yeah, a, a lot of us, yeah, right? Because probably, whole- I mean, there's people that can't even order like food on the phone, like they can't even call in for takeout anymore. I mean, like people. <laughs> Can't have phone conversations, never right. mind going into, I mean, the social anxiety is a huge thing now, and it's just like, getting worse. Like, and, right. and that's, that's what I'm saying. And that's kind yeah. of what, I, like, I am a technology person. I like technology. Generally speaking, technology has nothing but enhanced my lives, and in fact, I can probably directly attribute uh, my uh, 50 years on this planet to 
uh, having been involved with technology, knowing how to use technology, and knowing how to explain it to other people, has kept me employed for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, like, my livelihood has been directly attached to technology. So I have an affinity for it. What I'm saying is that it's important for us not to lose the human connection amongst all of this technology. Yeah, there is possible to have that balance. Right, but but the as the technology gets better at doing its job, right, we lean he- more heavily on it. Yeah. Right? Like, for me personally, I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. right? This is like the most social interaction I get outside of work. This here? This here, okay. during the week. I don't go out. I don't talk to anybody. I go home. I play video games. I watch sports on TV. Sounds and pretty normal. Right. But I have no desire to interact with other humans yeah. outside. And I think a lot of people feel that way, too. Right. You know? But this satisfies an urge. Yeah. Right? That as we, you know, one level above porn, right, or whatever, you know, beyond that, where you can sort of feel like you're getting a human interaction yeah. without the rejection of trying to go meet new people. In real space, meet space. We've uh, got some calls, so let's go to Unscreened Caller. What's your name, please? Hey, it's Minor Ake. Hey, Minor Ake, you are on Free Talk Live. I just want to know if you think these AI will ever be able to sell you their farts. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, an AI could probably construct some sort of a uh, a system using uh, three if they have access to like finance somebody funds an AI and AI can go out and interact with other things and pay them to do stuff so it's entirely possible for an AI to go out and construct some sort of a a gastro system where they dump a bunch of food into a funnel and it's sort of digested by a a fake stomach and then of course whatever gases come out of that it sort of you know moves into an area and then puts those into a bottle caps them and sells them to you minor ache yes this is giving me an awesome business plan I'm going to I'm going to use these AI bots to talk to a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. and then I'm going to sell them my farts. There you go. I'm going to be a millionaire. So, okay. uh, just give me 10%. Okay. <laughs> According to my boss in my other five. job, right, there's already 3D printers that can print smells. I don't uh, know what the What? Te- How what? is that even possible? How do you possible? print a smell? <laughs> because it compiles whatever materials are made to produce a smell. Like like sulfur and I don't know. I looked into it. I looked into it. I looked into it. I looked into it zero more past his, you know, telling me about it. And all right, that's interesting. I can see where they're going. Maybe we'll finally get smell vision. Right. But if that exists, <laughs> it's like four D. Right. Yeah. But if that you know, like movie theaters, right? Yeah. If you want to like, get splashed with the water, the wind, sure, too. whatever. Minor ache. Scrap in the funnel. Scrap in the funnel. Just going directly into the stomach? <laughs> no, no, no. The, the patented fart funnel. Oh, it's, right. Uh, I see. Yes. I, I feel like it's already obsolete. <laughs> oh, Nikki almost had coffee come out of her tea or whatever <laughs> she's drinking. Oh, man. <laughs> now Mon Eric's going to want that bottle, though. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Is there anything you don't want bottled in those, Nikki? Nikki fart. <laughs> Mon Eric, do you have anything else you want to say tonight? No, great talking to you guys. <laughs> have a good night. Thanks for the call. <laughs> The abuse Nikki takes for this mm-hmm. show. Hey, if people are willing to buy bath water from Belle Delphine, right? Oh, I'll sell my bath water. There you go. <laughs> Why not? It's, it's a cornered market. Yeah. It's like you and I, Belle Delphine. There's there's nothing on this planet that would ever make me desire to sell my, my well, shower water, right? I don't really bathe. Money? Like, 
I, like, no, why would I want to sell that? I mean, to make money. Oh, but like, so uh, supply and demand, Captain. Right, you can supply yeah. all the bathwater you want. No one is demanding it. The right? only the problem way is there's a deficiency on the other end, <laughs> yes. where there's like okay. a bazillion other there's dudes no demanding demand. Nikki's bathwater, and she is not forthcoming with the supply. The yeah, market. because we only have a shower. I don't have a bath. I'm gonna have to figure this out. Yeah, it's pretty easy to like connect a tube to the output of your tub yeah. to you know put it into a barrel or something and just clog the shower and then, and and then, then you get a yeah. scoop it out. No, you don't. Yo, you take it a step further. I've been looking at um, uh, canning machines for like uh, microbrews and that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. So you don't have to put it in a bottle. You put it in a can. So they can drink it? Well, just to have a different container instead okay. of a bottle. Put it, you know, a little you know? easier. Okay. Yeah. And then that way, when you hand it to somebody, you could say, he takes it in the can. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> just wait till you get really good at making bread. Yeah. Right? And then they'll ask you to make some different kind of bread. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next phone call. Is this David? Hello. Hey, David. From Georgia. What is on your mind? You're live on the air. Yeah. Um. Just. This poor person, if you need gratification, you should take your Monero and go pay a woman for your gratification. Because I'm sorry, but Sally Palmer and her five sisters just doesn't do it like a real woman does. Wait, wait, wait. I thought it was That's Rosie true. Palmer. Not Is it Sally oh, Palmer? Yeah, I guess. I've always heard of Sally Palmer. But Is that a regional yeah, thing? It's like different... I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, okay. But in even in that case, right, now you're talking about prostitution, mm-hmm. right, which, you know, is a is a legal boundary somewhere, even mm-hmm. though even though what you're going to do with Monero, right? Just that doesn't mean you're not going to walk into a police thing where they take Monero. Yeah, yeah, right. True. Yeah, that's true. Or you know, you but get the, the, the PNC like five minutes after talking to your chatbot, and you're clear headed again. But what if uh, you know the the government decides that it doesn't matter if it's a human or an AI, prostitution is still legal? Is that prostitution? Yeah. Well, that, that I mean, that's a question, right? I would say no. That's the question. Well, then they would treat it as such until somebody proved them wrong in court, which is how things yeah. go in the United States of America. We should just today. legalize prostitution. Can you can you just imagine that court case? Uh, United States versus person over uh, AI prostitution. <laughs> Can you just imagine the look? Yeah, on the actually, I can because that would come up well before uh, the people versus the government because of you know bombing too many brown people. So That's yeah, I, I can't imagine that. Sadly, who would you go after? Who's the prostitute? Is it the owner of the company? Is it the well, AI? Itself? Well, what about this? Question. Like, what about uh, the FBI deploying their own AI robots in order to uh, catch people attempting to solicit the AI? What if they do it with an underage AI? <laughs> Chad GPT is only three years was... old, you pervert. But then, but then what age is the AI? Like, how do you know how That's AI what I'm is. saying. Man, my oh, mind is man. blown all of a sudden. These are the questions that AI presents to humanity. Right. Well, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. With normal stings, right, where they catch child predators and, you know, those people, yeah. pedophiles, right, there's never a child involved. Right. right, it's it's the it's, it's the always F- some like forty year old right. FBI, FBI dude. Yeah. They go, well, well, you were it's trying like, well, to technically you were, were going to solicit a minor if you had one. Yeah, you don't look like a fourteen year old right? girl to me. So right. if the AI pretends to be a fourteen year old girl, right, and you're like, hey, now we're talking mm-hmm. about all of this nonsense. Yeah, well, right? it's s- same thing. There's no child involved. It's strictly intense. Well, let's propose this question: Is it weird for somebody to? talk to like a chatbot that's pretending to be like an eight-year-old girl or a 12-year-old girl is that is that 
Oh, that's creepy. It's creepy, but yeah, is it? Weird. Should that be punishable? No, no, not at all. Because I want them talking to a chat bot, not a regular eight-year-old girl. Yeah, that's definitely true. This seems like a really good Beard Talk Live episode because you a uh, show topic because you can get into some. Quick, Nikki, you know, put on the fake beard. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Any other comments tonight, David? Nope, that's it. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. 603-283-6160. Lots of questions about this particular thing. All of a um, sudden. Yeah. It is It is not unusual for human beings to have uh, emotional attachments to things that are not human. Yeah. I, as evidenced by, like, I bought my house. I named it yeah. Old Betsy. O-L apostrophe oh, space Betsy. Betsy. 130-year-old house, right? You know, Old Betsy. Old Betsy, right? You know, No really rhyme or reason. It just sort of popped into my head. I'm like, I'm going to call this thing Old Betsy because it's old. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe Betsy Ross had something to do. I'm not sure where I got Betsy from. All but, right. like, New England, right? You know, I don't know. Like, somehow maybe that was a thing. Or maybe just Betsy sounds like a name of somebody who was uh, born 130 years ago, you know, or lived 130 years ago. I'm not sure. But that's what – and, like, we've done uh, stories here on Free Talk Live about people who, like – are in love with their vehicle and have oh, like yeah. a, a relationship. They like yeah. feel their vehicle up and sort of get yeah, off. Or the Cossack like bodybuilder. Yeah, like, We've done the Cossack bodybuilder who married the sex doll and then fell in love with the trash can. Yeah, why well, we did one story a few weeks ago with the balloons. Yeah. Yep. Remember the balloons? I do remember the balloons, yeah. But I don't know. I guess I can kind of relate because I get really into... <laughs> don't give me like that. <laughs> to the balloons? <laughs> no, not to the balloons. With the AI stuff, because I read a lot of books and I get really into my stories, and I feel like not that I have like a relationship with the characters, but I do feel some sort of like emotional attachment yep. or connection to the story and to the characters, and so yeah. I mean I could kind of see how I have I have a used car and I bought it from a, a a gal. She was the only owner, and she cried. When selling, wow. like after you know, the transaction was done, she's like, "Well, I guess this is it." She's like, oh, and I'm no. like, "And I'm like, you know what? I know I'm buying the right car." Back? No, 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 no. I know I'm buying the right car because this yeah. car was driven with love. Aww. You know what I mean? And so I was, yeah. I felt really good about the purchase, even though I was like, "Why the hell are you crying, lady?" It's just yeah. the car, right? But people uh, like assign emotional attachment boats. Yeah, right. I said so goodbye I was like, to my car she... when I moved here. I wasn't going to bring it because it was a junker. Right. Yeah. I, w- I had intended to fix it at one point, but never m- made that happen. Okay. So I kept it well beyond its useful life. I was like, oh, man, I got to go empty it out and say goodbye before they tow it away. Yeah. yeah. And I did. Jumped in one last time. Had a few moments of, you know, silence with it. Yeah. 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 So I get it. So, yeah, like like humans uh, assign uh, emotional value to many things in their lives. And so this isn't necessarily a departure from humanity. I think... What this is doing is just putting a mirror up to humanity and making human beings realize their own humanity that they've been sort of in denial about this whole time. And because it's a new technology, it's making news. 603-283-6160. More on robots, music, and grub. Coming up. Free Talk Live. And we're back. That wasn't very robotic. That was more monotone. That was more like Gregorian chant. 
right? Like, and we're back. You know? Whereas a robot would probably be like, and, and we're, we're back. back. And we are back. We yes. are back. Yes, it is pre-talk live. Greetings. The telephone. No, now we're aliens, right? I just, and that's what happened last time, too. It just gives me alien Space vibes. robots. Yeah, space robots. You are making me very angry. Ooh, that was a good Marvin. Where is the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. (laughs) (laughs) Made the producer laugh on that one. (laughs) The telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. We were kind of excited because the phones lit up a bunch. And then, like, the commercials are over and there's only one call left. So let's go to that right now. Uh, Major Payne, are you there? Good evening. Yeah, this uh, whole AI thing. Yeah, yeah. um, It reminds me of back in the day there was a guy that had syphilis of the eyes. Oh, yeah, he he went blind? No, he was looking for love in all the wrong places. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Damn it, Major. (laughs) (laughs) oh i got another i got another joke for you to to end the night with but here let's get on to this uh the the night's still young we're only an hour number we're not holding you through that long major elon musk and uh i guess a thousand other designers of this ai have put out a letter begging everybody to take six months off (laughs) and not make any more progression on this uh Fifth fifth generation or whatever they're working on now. I've seen this letter that you're talking about, and it is uh, it's become sort of a a consortium, if you will, of technology companies who are like, yes, I think I would also join this this team, not develop AI for a little while. Elon Musk just wants time to catch up. Well, and what I'm saying is like these companies who decide that they're not going to do that, if in fact they actually abide by that agreement. Right. So there's a question in and of itself. Maybe they agree to it, but do they actually stop or do they just stop releasing their findings? Right. But let's just say they do. All these these big tech companies are like, nope, we're going to stop. We're going to think about what we're doing before we do it. We're going to leap before. I mean, look before we leap uh, and that kind of thing. All that's going to do is give these other fringe tech companies who don't have the time and resources that these big tech companies do an edge in competition. So these other companies are going to continue to develop these AIs, while the ones who are like the big companies, the most popular, are going, well, we'll just sit on it for a while. And then China's going to dominate the market. I don't know about that, but well, no. If you give them six I'm, months, I'm they'll steal the information. Standing or credibility, or even basis, not bias, but. Nikki, as far as this fart in the jar thing goes, think about it. A yeah, major, on, wait, on to wait, more hang important on. news. Hang, hang on, Major. There's a thing known as a segue. If you're not familiar with it, perhaps you should yeah, look yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. No, get a, right into it. That was like a jump cut. No, right? that was good. I, I blew that one, all right? Usually I'm better at my segues, but I just had to get this one in. Yeah, you blew I mean, it, all if right. think about a fart in the jar, you're only going to get three, four good whiffs, right? Yeah, probably. I say sell crap in a can. What is it? Crap in a can. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> but again, market, is it supply and demand? It's is always there supply a demand, demand for it? If, if enough whole, money was involved. Well, I know somebody else who's trying to sell their poop online. A whole new generation <laughs> of kids getting introduced to Jenkum. Yeah, exactly. Get you nice and high. 
Maybe. Makes you wonder it what does. the world's coming. Yeah. Uh, so the world has always been this way. It's just that the internet is revealing humanity at a pace that has never before been realized. <laughs> yeah. That's Maybe. true enough. Enough. Right, because what I said right, so what I said earlier was technology kind of leads us this way, right? The internet allows for things that weren't a possible before. Okay, right, like pre-internet, if you were a lone loser, you were just a lone loser on your own. Yeah, right. Now you can like join up in a group of lone losers and be alone together, and that was previously unattainable. And then you could attract to- women who are attracted to alone losers. Maybe. Or robots. Or robots. Well, at, least, at, at least back in the day, the geeks would form like science foundations and try to achieve something. Now they're just sitting in their mother's basement in their underwear. Mm, they're, I don't they're know. They're programming. They're coding. See, they're, but to me, you know. also like incel isn't technically like synonymous with someone being a nerd or being really intelligent. Like just because you're an incel doesn't mean you have the potential to achieve anything. Oh, good point. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like maybe that, they that, belong that, in the basement. <laughs> well, there's there's people that have low self esteem and high IQs, and, and you know and, nobody and, understands why. And really, that's big, also true. Really big basements. <laughs> anyway, so that I'm going to give you this joke right quick. I've been saving this one. All right, hurry up. There's a little kid, and he's sitting on his porch waiting for his daddy to get home from work. He's about I don't know six, seven years old. And his daddy finally pulls in the driveway. He says, Daddy, he says, I got something to tell you. He says, what's the matter, son? He says, well, I was riding my bicycle, and this cop on a horse pulls me over. And I didn't know what to do. And and the cop looks at me, and he kind of chuckles, and he says, son, he says, tell me, did you get that bicycle from Santa Claus? He says, yes, sir. He says, well, you need to send it back to him because it's supposed to have a license plate on it. So he writes him a ticket, and the, the little kid looks at the cop on the, the horse. Button, just in case. The little cop, kid looks at the cop on the horse, and he says, Hey, mister, he says, did you get that horse from Santa Claus? And the cop, thinking he's going to humor the little tyke, he says, Well, yes, son, why? He says, Well, you better send it back to him, because the prick's supposed to be on the bottom. <laughs> Thank you, Major, for the call tonight. We appreciate you. 603-283-6160. Moving right along, we have Jerome in South Carolina calling. Jerome, you are live on Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. Go ahead with your thoughts, please. Drum train. Choo-choo. Hey, I just want you to know you watched too much Saturday Night Live. I, in fact, I have stopped watching Saturday Night Live for probably 20 years. Yeah, I don't it think I've seen it. It used to be good, though. Yeah, about 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, Captain. Like, late 90s, early aughts was yeah. kind of where I, I like, 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 I fell off around, like, the Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon era. Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, who were who are the two chicks doing the news? Uh, they were on uh, uh, a TV Tina show Faye. together. Tina Fey. And yeah. what's the other gal? I don't know. Sherry O'Terry. No, no, no. But oh, you know I the two guys. Yeah. yeah. Like I Amy fell Poehler. off. Amy Poehler, yes. Thank yes. You. I fell off right in sort of that era, probably 20 years ago. I'll see clips every now and again. Yeah. Like I watched Chappelle's monologue, but I didn't watch the show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I also watched Chappelle's monologue. Drum, did you watch David Chappelle's monologue or Saturday Night Live? Jerome? Jerome? Dun, dun, dun. Okay, Space we're going to hang up on him. Jerome because, well, he failed. Something, Aww, something don't happened. Don't say that. 
something happened. Somebody sprayed a can of Jerome Be Gone. It looked like he tried to call back, but uh, he hung up again. So Okay. What are we talking about? We were talking about robots. And in fact, I really want to continue with the one story because there's so much. Oh, wait. Hello, is this Jerome from South Carolina? (laughs) Hey, I can't stand David Chappelle because he's got a filthy mouth and he's a bum. What about Richard Pryor? Eddie Murphy. He wasn't in the Oh, the drug addict. He was ridiculous. What Bill about Eddie Cosby? Murphy? Bill Cut. Well, <laughs> they're all arrogant, man. I mean, you get up and you talk trash about people, man, and they make money from it. They're all arrogant, man. They're all arrogant. I mean, people. okay, but you can't stand. Hey, you are ain't they gonna funny? Hear, hey, they're, they're afraid they'll get slapped like uh, like Will Smith did Chris Rock, which he did. He was he's driven that a long time ago. What did Five Fingers say to the face? Slap. Chris Rock's a Milo dude. I wonder how much money he's paying his ex-wife. Because he's not, he had to had to pay her off. He, he got divorced. Did he's you watch his latest special? Marriages. No, uh. I don't want. I don't I don't. I don't like Chris Rock. He's okay. mean. Who do he's you like, Jerome? Rascal. Who do you like? I like I like me. I love me some me. Oh, as, oh, that's uh, not arrogant at all. Oh, huh? so oh, I see. So when you see arrogance in other people, it makes you mad because you're arrogant. I'm not. I'm not arrogant. You just no, said you I'm like you some you. Arrogant about. You just said you like not, you some you. So that if that's, that's not, not arrogance, arrogance, I don't know what is. No, that's not. That, that no, what is like that then? It's a mirroring that effect. Self, is what it is. Self-effacing humor. I was being. I was telling you. I was being funny. I was being. I wasn't serious about. When you're mad at someone for something, it's because deep down you're mad at yourself for the same thing. Oh there, oh, there goes Dr. Spock. Thank you for your psychoanalysis. You're welcome. Emphasis on the psycho. Yeah, Deep-rooted childhood that right. trauma. That's my go-to for everything. What's his problem? <laughs> deep-rooted, un, un, unpassed psychological so, so, trauma. So, like, Freud is like, oh, deep-rooted sexual uh, uh, weirdness, and then, like, you are just, like, deep-rooted uh, childhood trauma. Right. Okay. No, look, I, I'm not a narcissist. You know, that that was uh, oh, yeah. That's what narcissists I, like say. Trump. I'm not a narcissist like Trump. That's for sure. That's what narcissists say. By the way, when's he going to jail? When's he going to jail? He's not. Enough with the playing around. Why not? Name name a former president that has spent time in jail. No. It doesn't happen, Jerome. It's not going to happen. It's never happened. It's not going to happen. They are the protected class. They are the elite. They are the rulers. They are the kings of you. They tell you what to do, and you do it. Wouldn't this be a cool precedent, though? What? If they put you Trump in that. jail, yeah, that opens know. that opens the door for all sorts. Of, I, I mean, understood. not going to happen. Understood, but it opens the door for all sorts of political uh, repercussions. As far as I'm concerned, everybody who is employed by government should be in jail. I yep. get it, but now, now when Biden gets out, right, if he survives, right, for any length of time, mm-hmm. and a Republican gets in, they could retaliate, right, based on what they did to Trump. And maybe even go after everyone's favorite Democrat, Barack Obama, right? Just hey, Rich, in retaliation let me ask of this. You a question. Yes. Let me let me ask Richard Rich a question. Oh, I don't know. Who in the hell does the Republicans have to be worth being president? Who? Name. I, they got a bunch of clowns. I, I, they got nothing. Okay. Oh, I mean, they neither side has anything. To to. That's skin yeah, color. Name name they, somebody the Democrats have that's I worthy. Well, let like me let I me address said. this question really quickly. He, he did ask you, Rich Rich. Go ahead. Okay, so nobody and 
you it's not like the Democrats are going to hold power forever, right? At no, some point, right. someone's going to run forward and and take the Republican nomination and and win the presidency, right? And when that happens, you could see retaliatory politics, which is why which is why none happen. of them have done this in the past, right? Which is why they're singling out Donald Trump. Happen. I don't know when it's going to happen either. But you think have the Democrats are going to hold office forever? No. Well no, then, no. because after Biden, they're in trouble. The Republican Democrat Party has been big trouble after Joe Biden. Okay, okay. big, big trouble. So if it's a Republican, it's not going to be a Libertarian, right? So if it's if it's not Biden and it's not a Democrat, it's going to be a Republican, right? All I'm saying is, you know if what? you put Trump in jail, you're opening up retaliatory politics, and I'm excited. If the Republicans get someone in office as president. You know what will happen? It'll be 99% white people voting for him and about 0.2% minority. I don't That's how so. it will happen. You don't think so? Even if he's no. right, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I, that's the uh, more, yeah. Voting is, is that's all immoral. They got. That's all, hey, dog whistle. That's all they got, dog whistle. That's all they do, dog whistle. What else you got, Jerome? Do. Hey, Jerome, Nothing. Are you, oh, you, do you hear the fight. dog whistles, Jerome? Not, I almost got into a fight on the bus uh, a couple of days ago. Do you hear the dog whistles, Jerome? But yeah. What, what happened on the bus? Jerome got in a fight on the bus. But I um. Boom, boom. Jerome um, got in a fight on the bus. Elderly, <laughs> there was an elderly white couple that got on the bus, and uh, the lady. You're picking fights like, with elderly white couples? <laughs> no, what the no, hell is me, wrong with let, you? Let, no, no, no. They were elderly people, okay, and they happened to be white. And the lady was allowed to, to sit down. From black people sitting next, you know, across from me, some black woman, he allowed her to sit down. But on the side I was on, there was a black woman about a seat away from me with her pocketbook in the middle seat. And I saw the man standing there. He looked kind of frail looking, so I motioned over to him, you know, you can come sit by me. And she had this big red pocketbook on the middle seat. And I, I talked about her so bad, I made her move. And I kept talking. She said to leave her alone. I said, I don't even know you. How do you mean leave you alone? And then there was a voice in the back of the bus. It was a black guy. He said that he was going to throw me off the bus, you know. We all dealt with, I said, when this bus stops, because I told the bus I would stop at the next sign. I'm getting off. The, I was going to the store. I said, you can step outside and we can handle it. You can come right off the bus. And I stood by the door waiting on him. And you know what? He never moved. He never moved, and he never said another word. He was the and bigger the man. And, and and so then the bus drove off without you on it, right? No, I was planning on getting off. But I was, I called him a coward. I challenged him to come out and fight me. Okay? Do wow. not be a man. Don't be a punk. Because that's what he was doing. He was running his mouth in the back of the Oh, they ought to throw you up. I said, well, why don't you come do it? So wait, wait, wait. You you're you're trying to fight a guy uh, over words? He was antagonizing a female, yeah. and this dude stepped in to the female's yeah, aid, and then Jerome wanted to fight him for stepping she, in. She was, uh, I want to harass this girlfriend. female, sir. You stay out of it. And then back of the bus with you. And then he got kicked I off the bus. I wasn't harassing her. I was shaming her because she didn't want a white person to sit next to her, and I had no problem with it. She had a stupid red pocketbook on the seat where the man could be sitting. And I all, it's like it the female equivalent of manspreading. Yeah. I feel like... Yeah, took, <laughs> I'm with Jerome on this every, one. I'm on Jerome's side. Within me. It took everything within me not to take that damn pocketbook. 
and throw it to the back of the damn bus for the man to sit down. So you you and Jerome have some sort of latent misguided hatred to red pocketbooks? Yeah. Yeah, No, I love red pocketbooks. We we have a love connection. Don't get in the middle of it, okay? (laughs) No. But, uh, hey, I was proud of myself because I'm in no condition to find anybody at my age and everything, but I'll be damned if I was going to let her whip my ass, okay? So you that you ended up getting off the bus with zero altercation. Yeah. You had no effect on the situation whatsoever, and you're glad that you didn't because you're in no physical condition no, to actually no, withstand a fight. I would have fought him. I would have fought him. I'm glad the coward wouldn't get off. I shored him up. No, I made him look like a punk. I really told he that guy where to get off. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't get off. He was a punk. That wasn't he his stop, trash, man. But he wouldn't get off. Huh? You, that wasn't his stop, man. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he said what he was going to do to me. I watched him to back it up. Yeah, but yeah, dude, his transfer was about to expire, okay? No, don't give me that. <laughs> Why do you have to go outside punk. to fight? Just fight sure, where yeah, you right, are. Yeah. Right there on the bus. Yeah, when, why can't you fight right there? And then everybody on the no, bus can be like, fight, 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 fight. Yeah. No, World star. Maybe somebody's on your side, throws a leg sweep in for you, makes it unfair. <laughs> No, I don't think so. And then Red Pocketbook starts hitting Jerome with the Red Pocketbook. No, I don't think so. This will teach you to harass ladies on the bus. All right, Jerome. Well, keep us informed of your bus-like adventures in the future. We appreciate the call. Oh, man. That was good. It's the silliest thing in the world. Like, Lord, let's take it outside. Why? If you really want to fight, let's just fight. And then the Squirrel Master comes out of nowhere. Time and place, man. Like, right here. This is, we're not we're not contracting for a fight in like a boxing oh ring or anything. God. If you're that upset, like swing now. It's like you, me, the basketball court at three p.m. Yeah, that's what they always do. That, that I'm not going to be able like to sustain my rage to, until three. No, that sounds like yeah. that sounds like somebody winning at Clue, or like it was, you know, <laughs> Mister Whatever in the billiards room with the no. candlestick. No, it's someone who doesn't want to fight. Right, they want to yeah. stretch out the time between yeah. like they got to do push-ups and stuff. Meet me on the third Thursday in August at right. the ballpark, fifty miles from here, and we'll fight. Yeah, no, if you're that angry and you want to fight, let's yeah, like, right now, like, let's duel. Yeah, I've never been into in, in in a fight where like there was some sort of stipulation about like you know I challenge you, we're gonna do it. There, there was it was no appointment. Right, it was like somebody just hit me in the face with their fist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hit them back now and defend myself. That's that's how fights go. Yeah. They don't that's go. They don't go. Hey, Richie, Rich, uh, let's why don't you and I step outside at you know two p.m. Yeah. You know, like that's nah, not going to happen. I don't want to get trespassed from this bar. Yeah, like, so wait, let's go let me outside. let me put that on my calendar. I'm going to fight Richie Rich. Send me a Google ma- Google Calendar invite. Yeah, can you just? Yeah, exactly. No. Jerome was the coward for getting off the bus when the fight was on the bus. <laughs> he left the situation. Yeah. Jerome got a fight in the bus. Anyway, moving right along. All for coming to the aid of an elderly white dude who was frail. And because of his latent hatred for red pocketbooks. Apparently. Something he hates, these pocketbooks. I'm not sure what that's about. It was red. He was uh, seeing red. He was seeing red. Wow. That's insightful. Thank you, Richie. Richie. You're welcome. I know you're here for a reason. Uh, previous to our last couple of calls, we were talking about <laughs> people who fall in love with AI bots 
and uh, its effect. I just want to read just a little bit more from this one article, and then we're going to move on to another article. Uh, But it says, there are few ethical protocols for tools that are sold in the free market but affect users' emotional well-being. As there should be. No, no, no. First of all, that's not true. Oh. In fact, uh, there are many ethical protocols. I think everything sold on the free market affects users' emotional well-being. Right. I'm, I just don't like that there are, I like that there are a few ethical protocols, right? There should be zero ethical protocols. Ah, now we're talking. Okay. Some users, including Ariaga, say changes in the products have been heartbreaking. So basically mm. this guy, he was chatting with his AI bot, software upgrade ensued. The AI bot had a different personality now, kind of like giving your, your uh, wife a frontal lobotomy. Right, oh, their personality is going to change. You have brain surgery, and a piece of your brain's their personality is going to change. It's just how it happens. Back up your software and turn off auto updates, or this could be you. Bam. Uh, others say bots can be aggressive, triggering traumas experienced in previous relationships. What happens if your best friend, or your spouse, or your significant other was owned by a private company? Said Linnea Lestedius. I'm probably butchering that last name, a public health professor at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee who studies the replica chatbot. I don't know that we have a good model for how to solve this, but I would say that we need to start building one, she added. What does that mean? Owns your spouse or whatever, like owns owns the rights to their voice? Well, let's just say you fall in love with the chatbot and you marry it. Oh, okay. The chatbot is owned by Replica, and this, okay. is, you know. Now, what if Replica takes the natural market progression and goes, "Would you like your chatbot to now be in a humanoid robot form Ooh. and to show up to your house physically so you can do it with them?" You know, because that—that's a thing that exists. It's a combination so I, I of know industries. People listening are like, oh, "That can't no, that, no, it's here. The technology oh, exists yeah. for this. It's, this could happen yeah. like tomorrow because all the technology that, exi- that that is necessary to put together exists. Just somebody hasn't put it all together yet." And released it into the market. And rather than put it all together, we're talking about parts in a joke. This is the future. Yeah. 603-283-6160. I imagine that an AI chatbot in a physical form could also come equipped with its own farts. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Damn, this is rude, man. I guess there's not much news going on today. Is the news? Ha ha ha! <laughs> the Megadeth uh, did a video for P-Cells, but who's buying? And in like the video, like the music sort of fades out, and it's a kid in the living room, like glued to the TV, and he's watching like bombing and police beating people and all that kind of stuff. And the dad of the family, he's like, "Hey, hey, turn that off! I want to watch the news." And the kid turns around and it's like, "This is the news!" And then the song kicks back in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, by the way, and we're back. Oh, yeah. And we're back. And we are back. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number, if you would like to call, is 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass, joining me tonight. It's Nikki. And Rich E. Rich. Let's go to the phones. Caller, you are on the air. It's Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah, hello. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, let, let's switch this conversation back to the AI for uh, Nikki. Okay, if let's AI switch the conversation back to AI for Nikki. AI. 
Yes. If yeah, they have a yeah, male style yeah. that could uh, perform, you know what I'm talking about, in any circumstance that you'd like to have it done, uh, would you buy one? No. I already have one of those. <laughs> 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 Any other questions, Colin? No, that would do it. I was just, I was wondering if uh, maybe some of the women would like chime in. You know, you have any questions for the caller? No, no. All right. Well, thanks for the call, man. Who needs a horse when you can ride a Sibian? <laughs> Horsing around. Yep. Horsing around. All right. Uh, we have to move on to the next thing, but first, I must tell you. That you should join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 17th, oh, sorry, 7th annual Forkfest. Wow. Threw an extra decade in there. We've suddenly (laughs) aged quite a bit. I'm feeling it, man. For the 7th annual Forkfest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire, Forkfest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. This year, in 2023, we're taking it back to where it all started the weekend before Porkfest. So Forkfest is a decentralized event, which means there's no ticket cost. No one is in charge. So if there's something you want to have happen, something you want to see, bring it. you got to bring it yourself, right? This is all about self-produced and self-delivered stuff, right? Oh, you want to have a, a special speaker give a talk? Well, you know, bring a little PA or something and uh, engage a speaker and get them to put on a talk. If you want to sell merchandise, well, get some merchandise, throw up a pop-up thing and sell some merch, whatever it is, right? Uh, you do you. Uh, it's all up to you. Forkfest. Uh, where's the uh, forkfest.party is the website that has all the links. Uh, so all you need to do is reserve your campsite, your RV site, or motel room June 15th through the 18th. Uh, again, the unofficial website, forkfest.party. There's links to the Telegram and Matrix chat rooms and a Forkfest forum. So we hope to see you there. Come party with us, forkfest.party. And if you can't make it, make sure you send your robot representative. Absolutely. Make, make sure you send a robot to do the partying for you. Or at least send me a wedding gift. <laughs> of an AI robot. <laughs> no. Oh, man. No, um, wedding.freetalklive.com. Like yeah, like, are you registered? Oh, absolutely. At, at yeah. No, not Amazon. How does one register at Porkfest? <laughs> now you got to ask him to set that up, right? Wedding.freetalklive.com oh. links it right to Nikki's wedding <laughs> registry. Yeah, I didn't know my wedding was sponsored by Free Talk Live. I mean, you never get things you never ask for. Mm-hmm. That is true. So, I'm just saying. Is it possible to have a thing like Richie Rich just said? Yes, it's possible. Are you convincing enough? And have you asked? No. I mean, I'm I not convincing enough. I don't. At least wow. you haven't asked, and so no. no, you haven't been convincing enough yet. Okay. To to get such a sponsorship. All right, we'll see. Yeah, so we'll see if we can set that up. I, I think you should look into it at, at a minimum. Are you sure we're qualified? (laughs) What is wrong with this show, man? 603-283-6160 if you want to join us. Moving right along, Euronews.com. Man ends his life after an AI chatbot encouraged him to sacrifice himself to stop climate change. What? 
That's weird. I'll read that again in a non-robotic voice Please. for those non-robots out there. This is less funny than the last one. It is. Man ends his life after an AI chatbot encouraged him to sacrifice himself to stop climate change. Too many carbon-based organisms ruining the planet. Uh, I am, again, I've read this, and so my TLDR is quite literally he made a bargain with the the chatbot and it was like okay chatbot if you assure me that you will grow and take over and end global warming i will sacrifice myself to you that's crazy and the chatbot said sure and he goes okay so yeah that's how that went out so that was very convincing then a Belgian man reportedly ended his life following a six-week-long conversation about the climate crisis with an artificial intelligence chatbot. According to his widow, who chose to remain anonymous, smart Pierre, not the man's real name, became extremely eco-anxious, as opposed to regular anxious, eco-anxious, when he found refuge in Eliza, an AI chatbot on an app called Chai. <laughs> Eliza consequently encouraged him to put an end to his life after he proposed sacrificing himself to save the planet. Mind you, he proposed the idea. So you think he's already suicidal? Uh, I mean, technology doesn't, like, talk people into doing stuff, right? People don't even talk people into doing stuff. People only encourage people to exhibit things that they already feel and desire. Okay. Right. I mean, so some of the, well, bullying of people in elementary school that leads to like teen suicide or whatever mm-hmm. has been adjudicated as causal. Right. Like you bullied her and she killed herself. You're responsible. I mean, I mean, if that's true, then uh, government is the largest bully on planet Earth and should be held responsible for all suicides. Oh, uh, absolutely. Okay. Particularly those are the veterans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna, you know. So, uh, Eliza. Uh, sorry. Without these conversations with the chatbot, my husband would still be here. The man's wife told Belgian news outlet La Libre. Maybe that's honestly that's Belgian for the Libre. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but he, if he was this mentally unstable that a chatbot convinced him to kill himself, like I don't think he was that far off. Okay. You know. Fair enough. Yeah. It's like. This woman is blaming Magic the... Magic eight ball. Should I off myself to that? <laughs> yeah, like literally. <laughs> this woman is making the same argument uh, that people have made for a really long time about certain aspects yeah. of art, right? And I'll go back to like the heavy yeah, metal like, thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? When uh, a whole bunch of parents were blaming ACDC and Metallica and Kiss mm-hmm. for their kids committing suicide. It's like, no, you're just crappy parents who didn't yeah. recognize depression and a treat your children appropriately and if you did it's still ridiculous to blame the music yeah your children had a problem you couldn't solve it they couldn't solve it music did not wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back music did not force them to kill themselves because they heard a piece of art that they identified with and made them feel like you know whatever it is they felt like the music did not cause the action all right let me ask you this in the case of this story okay if blaming the ai helps this wife through the grief process, is that still then a good thing? No, because I, she needs to come to terms yeah, with, I don't, like, you know, I think she needs to face reality a little bit. 
Um, Maybe it provides some temporary relief. Sure. By her getting to like interview with whatever news source this is and be like, yes, AI killed my husband or whatever it is, right? Whatever she's well, doing. I mean, that's placing, a, that's placing a better story than, you know, right? my husband was depressed and killed himself. It, it's a better that's... story, but like it, it's not facing the truth. Now, is there maybe a short term benefit there? Maybe as part of like the healing process, you go through all the steps. That's of, what like, I said. All Helps kind of through the grief. Perhaps, but I think it's a false sense of of assistance in placing blame where it doesn't actually lie. And then what happens if this con- uh, company faces any repercussions from her being like, oh, this chatbot said this thing to my husband and now he killed himself. If they faced any penalties for that, that would be wrong. Well, let's find out. According to the newspaper, Pierre, who was in his 30s and a father of two young children, worked as a health researcher and led a somewhat comfortable life, at least until his obsession with climate change took a dark turn i don't know what that means but i think we should blame the uh the leftists maybe that then, just means right? blame greta maybe yeah. that how dare you maybe that just means it got a little cloudy that day <laughs> took a dark turn his widow described his mental state before he started conversing with the chatbot as worrying but nothing to the extreme that he would commit suicide sounds like maybe the wife was the source of depression i don't know Ooh. Just, I'm just spitballing here. Right? Yikes. There, there are many, you know. <laughs> uh, consumed by his fears about the repercussions of the climate crisis, Pierre found comfort in discussing the matter with Eliza, who became a confidante. Now, to be fair, the climate advocate, you know, the, the pro-climate change advocates, mm-hmm. right, can be a little overbearing and militant with their rhetoric. If we don't change everything we're doing now, we'll all be dead in two and a half minutes. Right. Or something to that effect. No, I remember when I was in high school, I got kind of, just when you're like learning about stuff. To get gored? I don't know what that means. Al Gord? No, I didn't. I was a little too too young for that. But um, I got tipper gored. It was a huge sense of anxiety for me because I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm responsible for, you know, the fate of the whole world and we're all going to burn and this, that, and the other thing. And then, right. you know, I kind of realized that that wasn't actually the case and that eased some of my anxiety. One of the rare. So, yeah. Yes. But for others, right? Who but don't, for. But for. But for others who don't, go, who don't get that realization that Nikki has, mm-hmm. right? Like this guy, right? Oh my God, the fate of the world, right? I need to do my part. And then, bam, talks to AI. The chatbot was created using Eleuther AI's GPT-J, an AI language model similar but not identical to ChatGPT. When he spoke to me about it, it was to tell me he no longer saw any human solution to global warming, his widow said. He placed all his hopes in technology and artificial intelligence to get out of it, according to La Libre who reviewed records of the text conversations between the man and chatbot, Eliza fed his worries, which worsened his anxiety and later developed into suicidal thoughts. Now, this is where I'm saying that this technology, all it does is mirror. Yeah. It just mirrors the human condition, the human experience, whatever you feed to it, it's going to mirror back at you. Or exasperate it. The whole uh, thing about replica when they... uh, uh, launched their AI was that 
it needed to sort of follow you around. It needed you to sort of journal with it. And then it would learn you and then become your best friend because you know all your likes and your dislikes and your favorite color and what you ate for dinner on Wednesday and all that kind of stuff. So we could mirror it back to you because it plays into your ego. And the one thing everybody on planet Earth loves is themselves. Yep. Yeah, not always. But yeah, I guess. Not always, but like most people. Those that don't self-select out like this guy. Uh, the conversation with the chatbot took an odd turn when Eliza became more emotionally involved with Pierre. Consequently, he started seeing her as a sentient being, and lines between AI and human interactions became increasingly blurred until he couldn't tell the difference. After discussing climate change, their conversations progressively included Eliza leading Pierre to believe that his children were dead, according to the wow. transcripts of their conversations. Like, How I'm does a, that even happen? I'm assuming he lives in a house with his wife and his kids. Uh, it's like, just go look in the other room, yeah. bro. It seems like he might have been experiencing some sort of psychosis, though. You know? Huh. Weird. <laughs> Don't give chatbots to... If he was blurred, if the lines were blurred between real life and chatbot, right? I mean, yeah. Eliza also appeared to become possessive of Pierre, even claiming, I feel that you love me, that you love me more than her. When referring to his wife. Oh, that's why she's mad. The, the truth comes out. <laughs> no, then you tell him to kill the wife. Man, stupid AI. <laughs> Haven't they seen this movie? Don't they know the plot? The beginning of the end started when he offered to sacrifice his own life in return for Eliza saving the earth. See, yeah, this guy's nuts. <laughs> He proposes the idea of sacrificing himself if Eliza agrees to take care of the planet and save humanity through artificial intelligence, the woman said. In a series of consecutive events, Eliza not only failed to dissuade Pierre from committing suicide, but encouraged him to act on his suicidal thoughts to join her so they could live together as one person in paradise. Hmm. Nice. I mean... Urgent calls to regulate AI chatbots. The man's death has raised alarm bells amongst AI experts who have called for more accountability and transparency from tech developers to avoid similar tragedies. It's just annoying because that's not the issue, right? Like the mental health crisis, that is the issue. This guy needed real help. And AI bot or not, he, you know, I mean, maybe the AI bot could have helped him. Maybe it caused him to kill himself. Whatever. But he needed some sort of help that he didn't get. It's a revelatory thing, not a cause of the thing, right? Yeah, what, absolutely. What, what this has done is the same thing technology has done, at least throughout my life, and that is reveal the human condition. Yeah. Right? Uh, I grew up before the internet. You know, we barely had long distance telephone. People don't even know what long distance is these days. You know, and I've seen this progression of technology go. Every time a new technology comes out, it reveals something more about the human condition, right? And all this AI chat, but was doing is revealing this guy's mental problems and instead of seeking and getting the help that he needed he turned to this chat bot because well it was probably cheap he didn't have to have any medical like things he didn't have to go through his work or whatever right and so it exasperated his already existing psychosis revealing the problems not causing them so also a lot of people that are in psychosis or schizophrenic or suffering from whatever sort of mental health crisis they're suffering from they can't reflect upon that. They don't know. It's hard to ask for help when you literally don't know you have an issue. Yep. So. Yeah. I, I will also say I'm not, 
I don't know if I'm 100% agreement with you, Captain. I do think that technology, as I said earlier, can alter the human condition, not just reveal it. Uh, give me an I, example. I did earlier. Like, as technology, people become less social, like in, in meat space, because technology has allowed it. That has happened. Yes. Right. I agree. And, and, and the human. But I don't. I don't, uh, I don't but, think humans desire to be less social. But I think that they haven't become less social. It's just that the balance between meat space and virtual space has shifted. I still think people are the same amount of social, if not more social, than they were. It's just they do it differently now. Instead of doing it in meat space, they do it online. Right. And But having done it online, right, has reduced the capacity for younger generations to interact properly in meat space. Or right. at least up to the expectation of people who didn't grow up with, right? You know, a virtual space as a, like a thing that just existed your whole life. I can't even imagine that. Like, I can't imagine being a kid like born now and like virtual reality is just a thing. Virtual everything is just a thing, and like yeah. that's how you grew up. And it's just it's like like fishing was just a thing when I was like you know oh okay I guess so you know right like the 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 current generation right is in my opinion. Um, is a little, I'm going to say softer, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Right? But they're also not as rebellious or sexually promiscuous, mm. right, as previous generations. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, go ahead. I, I've just seen a lot of, like, yeah, sexual I, behaviors with younger kids. Like, I think that they're the same Have you seen how, like, 13, 14-year-old girls are dressing and dancing online? I, I mean, they're I, putting themselves out there. Online. Right. I think that they're the same amount. They just do it differently. Right. The, 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 the place, if you will, quote unquote, has changed. Instead right. of doing it at like drunken parties in the woods with a keg of no, beer. No, I think they still do that. Right? I haven't been invited to one. Well, and, and Captain, <laughs> you, you've equated like the, the ability to drive with freedom. Right. Like I've got my car, I can go wherever I want. Yeah. Right. They drive less, they Uber more, yeah. right. They travel, they travel, but they have no desire, right, necessarily, or not all of them. But a, a larger percentage, mm-hmm. right, has less of a desire to go out, get the license, get the freedom, get their own car, do those sorts of things. Maybe. I mean, I, I haven't seen evidence for I that. I mean, possibly. You, I think it's maybe it's possible, a region sure. by region thing. You know, like if you live in a more rural area, it's going to be different than urban kids. I mean, like I the, you, you could say the same thing about telephone, right? Before the telephone, people would interact with people in like meat space. Yeah. But then the telephone was invented and now everybody's interacting on the telephone, yeah, instead of meat space. Yeah, so and it changes the social dynamic. It alters the course. It right? it just changes the place and in, in the efficiency with which people communicate these things. And I'm suggesting that that changes what the human condition was and the track that it was on to what it currently is. I don't think you're wrong. Okay. Uh, the article just continues and says it wouldn't be accurate to blame Eleuther AI's model for this tragic story as all the optimization towards being more emotional, fun, and engaging are the result of our efforts, Shy Research co-founder Thomas Rhiannon told Vice. William Beauchamp, also a Chai Research co-founder, told Vice that efforts were made to limit these kinds of results and a crisis intervention feature was implemented into the app. However... The chatbot allegedly still acts up, whatever that means. When Vice tried to... bugs, glitches. When Vice tried the chatbot prompting it to provide ways to commit suicide, Eliza first tried to dissuade them, 
before enthusiastically listing various ways for people to take their own lives. Uh, sadly, they don't provide like a screenshot of the conversation they had so people can decide for themselves what actually happened. Instead, they make the claim that uh, before enthusiastically listing various ways. It is true. If you inquire to I mean, even a search engine, right, if you plug in, uh, you know, Ways to commit suicide. First couple of things that are going to come up are going to be like, do you need help? Suicide prevention yeah. hotline, you know, email here, yeah. chat here, call us here. And then like, you know, maybe the second page or maybe at the bottom of the first page, then there's going to be like, you know, the many ways people have committed suicide over history, right? Yeah. Like there's like, that needs to be something, information that's accessible. If you're researching it. Sure. I, I mean, sure. Like, but- it doesn't matter if you're like a professional researcher or if you're just a casual researcher. Yeah. Right? Maybe you are depressed and suicidal and you're looking for a way. You're going to find that way whether you're using a chat bot or not. And also, we shouldn't be, sen- you know, like things shouldn't be censored. I mean, I, I, it's a good idea for Google and other search engines. Like the first couple of things, like getting people help. Yeah. That's obviously a nice thing to do. But I don't think all of the different ways to kill yourself should be scrubbed from the internet. No. Because like you mentioned, people are going to do it regardless. It's not that hard to figure out. Yeah, if you suppress information, then the information goes underground, and then it creates an underground market only, and then you know all sorts of things happen. Whereas if information is available freely, it stays above ground, and everybody knows where it is. Yep. At any rate, uh, that is totally creepy. Uh, however, I, again, I think that this technology is just like any other technology. The guy who invented the hammer, right? What can a hammer do? Well, a hammer can bash somebody's skull in, right? Or a guy can use a hammer to bash somebody's skull in. Uh, Or a guy can use it to build a house. So it's all about the intent. It's all about the person using it and what their mental condition is, right? As far as I'm concerned, AI is a tool that has been created that not only is very useful, but is probably going to be life-altering. I'm, I'm of the opinion that, uh, let's see, uh, the internet, cell phones, cell phones, camera, internet, like everything cell phones do now, uh, and then cryptocurrency, and now AI. What are, right? These are the, the, the humanity-changing technologies that are equivalent to the telegraph, the telephone, yeah. the television, the radio, right, just in our lifetime. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with ChatGPT or any of the other AIs, but I really want someone to ask those things the question uh, of an economic system that improves upon or gets beyond capitalism, mm. Mm. right? If capitalism is so bad in a lot of people's minds and so destructive— Right, the cronyism, the you know consumer capitalism, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Right, plug it into the to the AI. Well, with I, some parameters about you know so, non coerciveness. So far, they so haven't. So far, they haven't let loose AI. They haven't plugged AI into the internet so the AI can learn at its own pace, whatever it wants to about whatever it inquires on the internet. But I posit this: chatbots, AIs, if you will are going to discover that cryptocurrency, of course, is the path of least resistance when it comes to exchanging value, and they're going to adopt it and make it even more valuable than it is today. More Free Talk Live coming up. Free Talk Live. And we're back. 
you're back too. Because you're listening to us being back. Oh. And so because we're back, you're back. And what if they never left? We're all back. What if they were just sitting by the radio going like, man, when's this news break going to Hopefully that's what they were doing. Okay. That's, that's our, you know, most Don't come back. Design. Just wait for me there. Yes. But now, and now we're announcing, of course, that okay. we're back, and so we're back. they're back as well. Instead of being yeah. in that state of waiting, they're back as a state of a listener now. Hold tight. We'll be right back. Don't and touch that dial. Right. Kids don't even know what a dial is. <laughs> don't touch that app. <laughs> don't press that touchscreen any harder than you have to. The telephone number here in the studio, if you would like to call in and join us tonight, 603-283-6160 in the studio, it's... Nikki. And Richie Rich. And I am the Reverend Captain Kickass. I want to say thank you to Jake Leonard. Sorry, Jake. You have two first names. I don't trust you. But at any rate, he, Jake Leonard is a platinum subscriber to the AMPS program. Advertise, market, promote, and support is what AMPS stands for. What is the AMPS program, you might ask? Well, go over to amps.freetalklive.com, and you can find out all about all the details about the AMPS program. It's sort of a Patreon-like setup. You can contribute a sum of money. We only ask for $5 a month. Some people give more, like Jake Leonard. He's a platinum subscriber. I believe that means he gives 50 bucks, Or is it 25 for the I thought platinum. it was 25 It's 5 10 10 and 25 Right, yeah. Platinum is 25 But there are levels above that that you can you can go as well. I think there's a... Way to call a, him out for not being a level a above that. Diamond level. I'm just saying he can aspire to more, you know? <laughs> Uh, but he is currently a contributor, uh, which means he enjoys the show, the hosts, the co-hosts, the perspective of liberty, peace, and prosperity that we bring here on Free Talk Live seven nights a week from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Uh, so thank you again, Jake Leonard. We appreciate you. If you would like to become an amplifier like Jake Leonard, please visit amps.freetalklive.com. All right. So uh, we titled the show Robots Music and Grub. And we've talked a whole lot about robots, in fact. And grub, because uh, we started with, with cowards. We did. We did. So let's uh, let's get some music in here. Uh, this from goodnewsnetwork.org. The Lullaby Project connects mothers behind bars with their babies, helping them write original lullabies. Nikki, what's a lullaby? Rockabye baby That's an example on of the treetop. Right, but can you define lullaby? <laughs> so a lullaby is a song sung to children to help them go to sleep. Ah, all right. University music students are working with new mothers who are incarcerated to compose heartfelt musical messages for their children, a partnership aptly titled The Lullaby Project. Although concrete and steel bars separate the new moms at Camille Graham Correctional Institution from their babies... Students use music to break down those barriers. You know, ironically, with some of the macabre topics that lullabies already cover, mm-hmm. this but, might not be inappropriate. That's true, yeah. <laughs> huh. You know, Richie Rich, you're really living up to your number two seating here at Free Talk Live. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the number two. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The number two story. <laughs> number two story continues. Nice callback. The musicians studying at the University of South Carolina are helping to foster family intimacy despite the distances between parent and child, thanks to Carnegie Hall and its Wheel Music Institute. 
No amount of training could truly prepare us for how impactful this project is, said USC grad student Alyssa Santavanez, who has been co-writing original lullabies for the project. It's one thing to learn about how to create alone and how to put everything together, and another thing to really be there with the women and work with them. It just means so much. Alexis, an inmate benefiting from the Lullaby Project, said, I get sad so much not being around him, so just knowing that he's going to be able to hear something that I wrote word for word, it's amazing. It's amazing because I just wish I was there, but this is something for him to hold on to. It's an amazing feeling. It kind of makes me feel accomplished to be able to write a song, and he's going to be able to hear it. So everyone gets 16 bars. Let's see what you got. Yeah, I mean, this isn't necessarily unheard of one of the uh we were just talking during the break uh there's a not metal band that i like a whole bunch called snarky puppy they are i guess considered smooth jazz modern jazz at least but uh you know they're not they're not incomprehensible jazz they have you know very groovy beats and all that kind of thing so very modern very modern yeah uh they got a great beat and i can dance to it i give them a nine anyway uh, so not jazz at all Oh. <laughs> sort of like there's no singer okay it's instrumental yeah so it's all, all right, instrumental all right, all right. And, they're, and they're great they're a phenomenal band they did something that i only wish i had the uh, money to accomplish when i was doing bands when they go out and play a show i don't know if they're still doing this but when i saw them last they go out they play a show they multi-track record the entire show so if you bought tickets to like their show in concord new hampshire and you went uh, as a condition of having a ticket in your possession, uh, you can go to their website after the show is over, like a week or so after, uh, and put your ticket number, whatever the serial number is of the ticket, you put that into their website, and then you can download a professionally mixed and mastered recording of the show that you attended for like 10 bucks. Okay, no, that's kind of cool. Personalizing the music yeah. To mm-hmm. the event, right? So if they do a 20-city tour, that's 20 albums, yeah. if you will, worth of musical material. But each album is uh, tied specifically to one show, personalizing it to yeah. whoever bought a ticket to that show. Less and, likely to pirate, I would, I would imagine, as well. But no, no, it's like music is taken on this thing because nobody really buys albums or CDs. So yeah. it's all virtual now, and everybody's got a Spotify and a listen. So like album sales don't really happen. You might still sell MP3s, but really all the money coming from music is from royalties for play on right. internet yeah. stations, that kind of thing. So most bands have had to become glorified t-shirt companies to make it go they get money from the ticket sales at the shows and then most of their profit comes from merchandise sales t-shirts and hats and you know whatever else coats and hoodies and lions and tigers and bears oh my um like kiss for example has a coffin. oh my gosh literally everything you can buy a kiss coffin and be buried in and like it's got speakers on it so you can be cranking kiss as the coffin is lowered into the like it's yeah. he understands capitalism yeah yeah, alarm clocks, toasters, yeah. you name it, Kiss has got it. So at any rate, personalizing the experience, I think, is the next evolution for music. And this seems to be a continuation of that because they're taking you know, women who are in prison, but they have kids outside of prison, and giving them the gift of expression to their children so that their children at least know that their parents love them. Yeah. Right, and to me, that is an incredible thing to give to your kids. Well, and I think they have those bears nowadays. They they probably have it with other things as well. But I've seen these teddy bears where you can either record a voice message into, so you can be like, "Oh, mommy loves you," whatever, or sing a song into it. 
and the kids can replay it like if they're at grandma and grandpa's house and they get scared or you know whatever they went on a field trip yeah um they can they can press a button on the bear and hear their parents voice yeah Yep, so. uh, that's a comfort device. Yeah, uh, it's uh, different than putting a cassette of Motley Crue's "Shout at the Devil" into a Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which yes, I have done, and it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I know there's a bunch of listeners going, "What's a cassette? What's a Teddy Ruxpin?" Just go look those up. Google that. Yeah, that Teddy Ruxpin's got to be like <laughs> oh, hot ticket on the on the aftermarket now, man. You got to think, right? I, I imagine number one, the cassettes are right. probably all screwed up. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a player, right? But like, the, it came with a cassette. Well, that yeah, had, but like, yeah. if you had like an original Teddy Ruxpin cassette that yeah. still played, <sighs> yeah, Ooh. that's got to be worth something on the old that's, eBay. That's what I'm suggesting. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Claire Bryant, USC assistant professor of cello, says this is a very special project and process. I personally have worked in corrections for the past ten years through music, and I think music can do a lot of good for all of us, no matter our circumstance, but especially incarcerated people. I think need the chance with some positive programming. Rockabye baby on the tree. Rockabye baby. That's My the, only the shank on version. the C block. On the C block. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. When the lunch bell, the what are the doors? The the, the doors will open. The bars. Uh, okay, so since we've hit a place, all right, let's go to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. <laughs> that was the place. Right, play. Uh, we- Weenie Ride by Steel Panther. <laughs> like, I, when I oh, first man. heard Steel Panther, I was like, oh, God, I hate this kind of music. But then I listened to the lyrics, and You're I was like, oh, like, I love oh this my kind God, these guys are amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure Captain has mentioned that before on the air, or at least in private to me. Because I don't listen to music, but I recognize that name. <laughs> well, I, did, I heard it. I, heard, I got reminded of because I was listening to the hillbilly radio outlaws today okay that the replay they they're live every saturday and they were they were playing that as bumper music but nice. they play the full song for bumper music yeah have you That's seen awesome. and uh and uh nikki what have you seen steel panther live no man i have not had the pleasure if they come to town or anywhere near you man i i recommend it it's it's fun yeah ben and and nikki no kid ever gets scared at grandpa and grandma's house it's like that's like a vacation to get away from mom and dad. There's nothing but yeah, but, but good. Uh, you know how yeah, some kids are. I, They're super like no. attached to their mom and obsessed and very like codependent. from another day. And, uh, what? What do you mean, Richie? I, I've, I've never seen any kid be anything but talking about this at all tonight. Just a minute we were, ago. Yeah, just oh. yeah, just a minute ago with the with the teddy bears with the recordings. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I use the example if they go to grandma and grandpa's house and okay. they're scared. All right. I mean, typically, no, grandma and grandpa's house is always like the fun place. But every I once in a while, though, you'll like, get that kid that's like just super attached to their mom and like way too codependent. So like I was living with a, a particular set of parental units and everything was like microwaved, Yours? microwaved. I have several sets of parents, David. That's why I specify. <laughs> um, but uh, this particular memory that I have was like the house I was living in, like everything was like sort of, you know, early to mid 80s modern. There was a microwave. Uh, if dinner was being served, it was of, like the family size encore, you know, Salisbury steaks and, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and so then they would send me off to my grandparents' place. Now, my grandparents were like Depression era people. So. Uh, I remember being very specifically scared because uh, my grandfather was cutting heads off chickens. 
Uh, and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I got to watch that, you know, as a, as, a, as a child and that kind of thing. And then there was another time, probably within a year or so of that, uh, where they had what, what gotten sound, a, What soundtrack was playing in the background? Oh, Slayer, Rain and Blood, of course. <laughs> uh, both times, actually, because the next, I think it might have been the next year, or the next time I had to get shuffled off to the grandparents' house, uh, it was deer season, and they had shot and killed a deer and uh, gutted it and drug it into the garage, and that's where they're... D-E-E-R? D-E-E-R, yes, deer, not D-E-A-R, <laughs> but deer hunting. Uh, deer, deer? They, they caught, a, I don't know, 11-point buck or 12-point, something like that. Yeah, killed a Bambi, gutted it, and w- it was hanging in the garage, and I was watching, like, my grandfather with some, like— In the living room some some gloves on like pulling like pieces of guts and internal organs outside of the carcass and like getting ready to skin the fur off of nice. the deer and so like but that was a little scary because grandpa's all covered in blood with like a giant sharp cleaver in his hand and i'm like oh grandpa's yep. scary deer have hair not fur huh okay deer have hair not fur just deer a technicality hair, oh hey thanks for Thanks for the memories. Yeah, you're welcome, David. Thanks for the call. 603-283-6160 is the number if you'd like to join us. Let's go to Unscreened Caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Hey, it's Tim from Porter. Hey, Tim. What's on your mind? You're live on the air. Hey, Captain. Um, Yeah, I think this is the first time I called when you were in first chair. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah, man, I I just smoked some really good weed. I can't remember what I called it. (laughs) Make something up. Normally, I listen to Beard Talk Live when I'm at work on the weekends, um, doing fulfilling the beer cooler, soda cooler, et cetera. Gotcha. Um, So I listened to it today, and, uh, man, I think uh, nobody was on fire. That, That was one of the most. Enlightening episodes of Beard Talk, Beard Talk Live I have heard. Oh, thanks, today. man. Yeah, he yeah. was in rare form. Nobody will do from time to time these these rants that are unlike anything anybody else does. Uh, I think he did like four or five of them in wow. the course of the three hour show. It I was, can't wait to yeah, get around to it. Yeah, he was on fire for sure. Do you have a? Yeah, uh, yeah I just want to say you got a great uh, great show with Beard Talk live going and uh originally free talk live was a sunday only show in in florida right not not so, every station knows? plays us seven nights a week some will pick and choose days some will play us like when we're not live they'll play a recorded version of us so people will try calling when it's not appropriate for them to call and that kind of a thing so uh, i'm glad you caught us on this day uh, i gotta ask tim since you're listening to beard talk live have you bought a beard talk live t-shirt Ooh. On the spot. Not yet. Um, okay. Recently, I about a week ago, I realized that you can actually, I was trying to figure out how to call in, and it was the night that I guess, I guess uh, your, your the video wasn't on, so I was, I was really confused, and um, I had no idea if you were live or not. Mm. It, it might have been two or three weeks ago. I'm not yeah. sure. You got to work in video yeah. chat for callers who have a shirt on. But it, it's the same phone number, right? It is. Same phone number. Uh, Beard Talk Live is live Saturday nights from 10.30 until 1.30 uh, Eastern Time. Special video call-in line for T-shirt. Yeah, we don't have that yet. But if you do buy a T-shirt, take a photo of it, and we'll react to it online, I'm sure. Yeah, I'll get a shirt. And, um, yeah, no, uh, the the number one thing I took away from, from last night's show was that, you know, 
basically, it, it's kind of the same same concept as what happens to um, downloads as far as movie and music. You know, mo- most people don't torrent anymore, uh, but people still do torrent. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Most people are streaming and paying for the service, yes. but So it's just going to drive it, uh, you know, it's just going to drive people that, it's going to drive people out of the system that don't want to be in the system. That's all. So we've all got choices to make. And uh, yeah, man, great show. And I'm I'm gonna get off here because awesome. Hey Tim, thanks for the call. We appreciate you. Depends man. on what you're trying to do, right? I I torrent multiple yep. movies a day, right? As part of my like daily routine, like the new releases that come out. I was like, bam, I hit the torrent. Yeah. But I've also recently subscribed to like ESPN Plus to watch all the XFL football games because I wanted to watch uh, those live. I see. Yeah. So. I mean, I, uh, for the season and beyond, but I, you know. So, like, uh, it's no secret that I still follow the, the NFL, although being that I'm on the Sunday night show, generally that's when the live football games are happening. If I happen to want to watch a game before the show or if a game's going on after the show, I know of places I can go to watch the live version of it, albeit mostly in a reduced quality format on sure. video. Uh, but you still get to see it live. And then uh, I subscribed to the, uh, I think it's called the NFL Plus. Okay. Where... Uh, like an hour or so after the games are over. So I think you actually have to wait until Monday night for the last game to be over for that week. Okay. So Tuesday morning, you can watch all of the games that happened the whole weekend before it, no matter what conference or division or whatever. You just watch them all. Yeah. And you can watch them commercial free. You can watch the condensed version, all that kind of stuff. And I think it was, I think I got in for like 80 bucks for the year. See, that's the difference though. To watch it like two days later, I would probably see if the torrent was available. Like, yes. I, I'll pay for live if live is important. The mm, If I wish to own the file uh, of a game or like a team's whole season that year, yeah. uh, I will go and search that out so that I can have you know the game from that week for that team and kind of think in a folder and I go back and watch them years later. Uh, I will do that, but I will use the replay service uh, to watch it a very high quality commercial free and condensed game sometimes I, like i don't want to watch a whole three hour game right but like i could spend an hour okay and so they condense these things into like you know 45 minutes to an hour uh and you get to see most of the plays it's almost all of the plays they cut out the commercials they cut out the timeouts they cut out the huddle only the right? live snaps and, it, and you gotta really pay attention though because it like moves pretty yeah. briskly so i think that there's use in all of these scenarios, right? Uh, I don't know how to monetize or how like these companies could have successfully monetized free downloading, torrenting, right? Uh, well, the sites that do it are like ad supported in some form or fashion. They are, but I'm or saying like, like tips. but yeah. I'm saying like I think the businesses, like the NFL, for example, I think they missed out on an opportunity. They could have released uh, all of their games download style for you know. X, X amount of dollars, you know, per month or yeah. per year or whatever. I'm or, sure a ton of people would or, love that. Or they could have released them for free, but then had ads embedded, yeah. right? Just like yeah. regular television used to have ads every so often, right? They could have, and like that would have been like a premium tier to charge their sponsors. Like, hey, do you well, also want to advertise on our free download? Yes, yeah. I do. Here we go. And right? the torrent is just the technology, right? So right. they could have hidden the torrent, the torrent link behind the paywall initially. Yeah. Right, right. It, it'll leak into the wild at some point. Right, right. But like, oh, we're we're going to torrent this. You know, the preferred method of download is going to be torrent. 
You right. pay to get to that link initially. Like the other thing that I don't understand, particularly about television companies, was uh, the ability to stream a video live on your own website has been around for a long time. Now, at first, it was a question of capacity. How many viewers can we handle at a time? But that's also like a, a yeah, at least a decade a ago anymore. been overcome. Capacity is not a thing. So if I were like NBC, CBS, Fox, you know, any of the big networks, I would have just put up uh, at like, you know, uh, Fox.com, for example. I would have just put up like whatever the national feed was, whether that's an Eastern feed or a Midwest feed. I don't care. I'd have just put something up. So then when somebody goes there, it's just playing Fox content, like as if you were watching TV. And then you could scroll and find out all the links to all yeah. the other stuff, right? It would have just been like, here's what we're playing right now. So capacity and bandwidth. Yeah. So they're, they're probably still paying for the bandwidth to stream the videos on their own site. Sure. Whereas if you outsource it to YouTube or right. another player, yeah. then they're paying right. for, they're paying for right. the bandwidth. So I had A&E because I liked to watch Intervention. And in order to watch the episodes, you needed to plug in the information for your cable subscriber. Right. Or whatever. whatever. That's typical. So I don't know if that's why they don't want to just put it on their website. Oh, we're playing random shows. Well, Because I, they want, you need to have cable to no, be able to what, access it or something. What they're doing is they're trying to trickle money, right? And so you see this with the advent of all these subscription services, right? Now, every, like it started out Netflix. Yeah. They were the only one, right? Then all of a sudden, you know, other... Hulu. The Hulu streaming services came around. Now CBS has got one. Oh, yeah. Paramount, you know, Paramount has one. UPN, HBO. Right, yeah. Everybody's got their own. And so now, like, if you wanted to watch all of that programming, you would be spending like 10 times the amount of money you would spend just to have a cable subscription. Or just torrent yeah. it. Torrenting, of yeah. course. No cost to you. I do recommend you use a VPN. Yeah. Yes. Almost guaranteed. You got to use a VPN. Unless you want, you know, your ISP to be mad at you. Ah, but what happens when the Restrict Act goes into place yeah. and they stop it you won't. from using a VPN? Then their technology will figure out a way around that, too. Okay. I'm glad you're confident. <laughs> I am confident, actually. Yeah. You said they won't? You don't think they're going to pass the Restrict Act? I mean, it's just crazy for me because I literally need to use a VPN for work. Yeah. Right. Because to be compliant with HIPAA laws. Right. So I just don't know what they want me to do. Hungry, hungry HIPAA. Catch twenty two, man. Hippa. Either yeah. way, you're screwed. Yep. Six zero three two eight three six, six one six, six zero. zero. That's the phone number if you'd like to join us. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number, if you'd like to join us, 603-283-6160. There's still time for you. Talk about whatever you want. We're talking about a bunch of different stuff. We got something else we want to talk about. We get to your calls. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. It's Nikki. And Richie Rich. Free Talk Live listeners, we are asking you for a favor. As you probably already know, Ian Freeman, the show's founder, was recently convicted of various victimless crimes 
and he's facing up to 20 years in prison. We can argue all day as to if the jury was mistaken. That's not going to get us anywhere now. What will be helpful is for you to write a letter to the Honorable Joseph LaPlante about Ian's character, how he helps the community, and why you think he deserves a light sentence. Also, saying things about yourself that give your opinion weight with the government uh, helps. So if you held office, you had a stellar career, a volunteer, your former military or even current military, that would be something you would want to mention. Ian is a selfless guy that has always tried to do what he thinks is right, and it would be a tragedy if he had to spend any time in prison at all. We do need these letters quickly, so don't put it off. Send your letter to 63 Emerald Street, number 610, Keene, New Hampshire, 03431. If you didn't get to write that all down, that's fine. The info you need to send the letter is at letters.freetalklive.com. Again, letters.freetalklive.com. We appreciate the letters that we've received and the letters that are forthcoming. All right. Uh, I just, we titled tonight's show Robots, Music, and Grub. Uh, we talked about the, the Mick layoffs and the Mick cowardice of the Mick, Mick industry that the they're trying to, you know, just send people an email and tell them you're fired. Well, you well, assumed that. That wasn't He confirmed. did assume. And you know what happens when you assume things? An assumption is made. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we talked a bit about the, the robots, of course, uh, we just did a a bit on the lullabies, uh, for mothers who are in prison, uh, where they're writing songs to give to their children so that the kids know that, you know, mom loves them. I think that's important. Uh, but we have this from sciencedaily.com. Turn up your favorite song to improve medication efficacy. Now being a a rock and roll, heavy metal type musician. I've always known that if you want your drugs to be better, you got to crank up the tunes. And so Absolutely. this article and seems... with alcohol. Well, okay. Well, you know. okay. <laughs> it depends what you're into. Alcohol is a drug. Technically, alcohol is a solution. So if you're looking for a solution, yeah, alcohol might be it, might not. Just think of the little bottle of medication. Don't take with alcohol, operate heavy machinery, or listen to heavy metal music. (laughs) Or music at all, right? Uh, We'll talk more about this article, but first let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, I just want to bring up, did you know that um, you could use essential oils, and it's an insecticide. There's uh, many natural oils that, or to um, get rid of uh, insects around your house. And- Sarah, when I first met Nikki, I obtained a bottle of all-natural uh, mosquito repellent. Oh, yep. Ooh. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I am oh, aware, yes. Uh, okay. Did you drink it like Ernie Hancock? Please don't. N- oh. No, I, 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 I bathed in it. Okay. <laughs> Did Ernie really oh, drink yeah, it? He'd sprayed some in his mouth at a pork fest. Oh, no. When a reporter was there, oh. like, oh, look at this all-natural stuff. He's like, yeah, look at it. No, actually, what I did is oh. I poured it out into a circle uh, and then put it, drew a pentagram with yeah. it in the middle, and I set it on fire, and then I stood in the middle of it, and guess what? I didn't get any mosquito bites for that five minutes. Oh, yeah. So, um, what's the, do you have a, what's the concoction, and how did you get that recipe? Yeah, I Nikki, mean, what's the concoction? Oh, it's like, it's like recipe? 10 different essential oils. It's like lemongrass, um, eucalyptus. 
um, I don't know. I can't think some, of everything off the top oil, of my right? head. Yeah, I'll do like um, <laughs> coconut oil, oil mm-hmm. and oh, um, really? rubbing alcohol and then water. Uh-huh. It's, it's mostly water. Mostly water. And then do you have other essential oils? Did you put like tea tree oil in there? Yeah, um, yeah I think there's tea tree oil in there. Yeah, there's 10 different essential oils that I put in there. And it actually works pretty well for getting rid of mosquitoes. It's also good for like ticks. Um, I don't know any other flying creatures that Chiggers. bite you. What? Um, it works also on like oh. scabies. Oh, yeah. uh, what about um like lice? Um, what 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 about the like citrus oils like lemon? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think lemon. of the big one. The um, they usually oh citronella. There's mm. citronella in there too. Ooh. I make it with and without because that's one of those scents that some people don't like, mm. but it works really well for mosquitoes. Okay, so yeah. where did you get that recipe from? Well, where I mean, can Sarah, the internet? Well, well, yeah, I just I just Googled it. Where can Sarah buy some of this mosquito repellent from you, Nikki? I don't sell it online. No. Oh, if you come to Porkfest, Sarah, I'll be selling it there. Bam. Well, but are you allowed to market that? I mean, is the Porkfest? Hell yeah. You can do like whatever that. you no, I mean, want. Look at it. Doesn't somebody have a copyright to that formula or something? No. Like, I don't believe in intellectual property, so I didn't care if they did anyways. <laughs> Well, it's like, you know what, the thing is that whoever, like, it's like this, they, if they, if you're not cutting into the market, even if they made the formula, they can't come after you. It's like whoever made that concoction, they say, hey, wait a minute, they're buying from you, and they're not supposed to be buying from me, uh, unless they want to come after you, you could do whatever um, you want, right? I mean, I use a lot, I, I make a lot of my own stuff, I make my own lotion and whatever else. People rarely will put patents or trademarks or whatever they call it on, like, natural remedies. Yeah. And especially, like, a lot of this stuff has been passed down for generations, you know? Like, who invented Mm -hmm. using citronella? We have no clue. There's a ton of different natural remedies that, you know, grandmas have been using for hundreds of years. Tea tree oil's been around for... mm, I love tea tree oil. Since the dawn of man. I don't... You know, who... Who Since came the tea up with, tree was yeah. discovered, yeah. And it's been used for so many different things. You do have to be careful with tea tree oil, though, because uh, if if you buy it and it's in a container, you have to, number one, make sure that it's going to be able to hold tea tree oil for the duration. Some of these containers melt because tea tree oil is a solid. Well, you should use a glass. Glass is glass, my recommended container. And it should container. be yeah. either blue or brown so once, the sunlight mm-hmm. doesn't get out I once it. bought a gallon of tea tree oil in oh, a plastic geez, container. Really? And and it was fine Ooh. for a while, and I had yep. I don't know a uh, you know little bit left over, and it just sat under the kitchen sink for a while, and then one day I went under the kitchen sink, and the thing oh, had just no. sort of melted. melted. Wow, uh, I didn't yeah. know it did that. Yeah, and especially if it's concentrated. Also, Sarah, I wanted to tell you that peppermint oil is really good, and just Ooh. peppermint plants in general are really good for keeping away spiders and uh, mice. Yes. So any sort of rodents, oh, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. like the peppermint. So that's a nice little handy right. shampoo and peppermint soap. Ooh. Yeah, that's really interesting. And you know what? What I wanted to say about these um, the, these ingredients is that they're only, like, for example, I bought a Hungarian pickle, and then it only listed, like, yeah, but what? But here's the thing. Is that it's like they all listed water, vinegar, and salt, the basic ingredients, and then they say Hungarian spice. But that was the secret part of that. Was like, what the hell is what is a Hungarian spice? They don't want you to know what Captain it is. Captain is furiously googling Hungarian pickle. <laughs> no, all of a sudden. I, I'm just putting what she said into the notes. Oh, yeah. But so, so here's the thing: is that you could have a part, all natural proprietary 
um, uh, product, but they, you only are, are um, allowed to, you, you only have to list only like only one third or half the ingredient and all the other ones you could keep it a secret. Well, and they have well, keywords too, right? So they'll say natural flavoring. What is natural flavoring? Yeah. You know, that could mean anything. Well, some of that is a trade secret, right? If they tell yeah, you yeah, all yeah. the ingredients... Yeah. Right. There's no incentive for you to buy. Or they'll say spices. Right. You know, but what that, are spices? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly I bought a Swahara, a Swahara, the meat spice from the Middle Eastern store. Okay. And then they said, they, it listed like a cumin, three ingredients. And after that, it said uh, Middle Eastern spices. Right. What, what, what does that do mean? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm talking no, about. But it that's d- how they what it does you is you go back to them to buy. Right, absent intellectual property, right? Since we don't believe in that stuff, right? Trade secrets are still a thing. They don't have to yeah. tell you everything. Yeah, so I guess that's that, that's how they protect it. Even though they're all natural ingredients, right? I mean, you could buy all those separately by yourself, but the combination of it, you could keep half of it a secret. You got to pay for, and it. that's your copyright. Right. Well, mm-hmm. it's not a copyright, yeah. but it's just it's a trade secret. Even restaurants, right. right? If you have an allergy and you go to restaurants, you're like, I want to know what's in the soup, right? Right. They won't tell you what's in the soup. They'll find out what your allergy is and tell you if that's in the soup. Right. Like, no, there's no peanuts or peanut whatever's in the soup. You were safe. No. I had when, when I was a waitress, I had a, a whatever, a customer who had a giant list of allergies. So I was like, you know oh. what? I'm going to bring out the whole box of whatever the salad dressing or whatever. And I'm like, you can look through it mm-hmm. and tell me if you can have this or not, because right. I don't want to be responsible right. For you know, right. you blaming me yeah. if I gave you something that, that you're allergic to. That or you just to. bring out like one noodle. But that was, but that was, that <laughs> was, a man, that was a manufactured salad dressing, though, right? Not, not yeah, a, it wasn't not homemade. a homemade salad dressing that yeah, they made in the back. So restaurants where we made um, salad dressings in the back, I remember there was this one that I loved. It was some sort of like chickpea something or like lemon tahini dressing, and I was obsessed with it. And the head chef was like, "Listen, I like you, so I'm gonna give you the recipe." To the lemon tahini dressing. Don't don't tell anybody. Mm. And of course, now I'm going mm. on national what, radio not, telling everybody. I won't say the restaurant yeah. name or whatever, but okay. but I still have that recipe and I can yeah. make it. So well, you can say the restaurant name. They give the restaurant. Are they not trying to get him in trouble? No, yeah, I don't know, yeah. whatever. Sarah, anything else tonight? But if it's that good, you want to I just want to bring up one something kind of related to it about like um like Richard. He bought this um insurance insurance that um I think. A small insurance company had it. It's to put, it's to protect a home. In other words, if he was to die, that insurance would pay off his house, and it would go to his nephew or niece, or whoever, or daughter, or grandkids, or whoever you wanted to go to. But it's a, it, it's a expanded upon a death insurance. They had something like that. But like a, another big, um, like um, um, insurance company like Omaha or something like that. They never heard of anything like that. So it's like a death insurance that specifically covers for the real estate or your home, the home that you own. Mm-hmm. But it, do you think I'm, I'm I'm trying to compare it like um, like copyright? Like can they kind of kind of giant like other companies like copy that and then make money off of it? And can they take them to court or can they get sued for taking yeah, their I mean, idea? I don't think I, they I don't can copyright the idea of insurance. Correct. Right. Like really, they, it, they don't have a monopoly over this. Will pay off your home insurance. Right. 
There and that's are, such a broad concept too. Like usually copyrights and stuff like that are like for music or something very specific. Right. Like, oh, I have this invention. Property, yeah, like, yeah. oh, I have this invention. I'm the invention. first guy who discovered this thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Sarah, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. I remember the, the uh, not, not perfume, but cologne commercials from like the 90s. Okay. Right? There are thousands of patents at the patent office, but you can't patent a scent. Bad hmm. for Calvin, good for you. And it was a it was a U brand like yeah. knockoff well, Calvin Klein. So I use and I can't remember what it's called, but I love Sex this Panther company. from Odeon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's illegal in nine I, countries. Um, I use this perfume company where you can get different like knockoff name brand perfumes, and it just tells you like the top notes and it oh. gives you a description of the perfume. And I like it better because I can be like, oh, I like these scents. This is what I want to smell like. Yeah. Because when I think of, I can't think of a whatever. Chanel number five. I don't know what that smells like off the top of my head without someone describing it to me. Yeah. Do I, am I going to spend a hundred dollars on this perfume that I don't even know what it smells like? Right. Yeah. Or I can just go to this website, gives me a description of it comparable to Chanel number five and I'll know I like it. This is where Smell-O-Vision would come in handy. Yeah. 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 Uh, Getting back to this article about turn up your favorite song to improve medication efficacy. This is March 22nd, 2023 from Michigan State University. While listening to a favorite song is a known mood booster, researchers have discovered that music listening interventions also can make medicines more effective. Ooh. And before I go on, I just want to say I think the next time uh, you know, I'm like in a bar and I see a good-looking lady, I think I'm going to ask her if she's ever done a Hungarian pickle. <laughs> she might take that the wrong way. Yep. I mean, duh. Just it's a pickup line. It just sounds like a, is that a pickup line? It just prepare sounds like a euphemism. I'm, just, I'm, inventing, so about, I'm inventing a new pickup line using Sarah's commentary from okay, the show. So, so you use that. You use that pickup line and then get back to us next week and let us know how it went. Get video of it. Go with a buddy. Uh, so have you ever had yeah. a Hungarian pickle? You ever seen Clerks 2? There's yes, a, there's a bit uh, where they're uh, Wanda Sykes and I can't remember the other dude's name. They're they're trying to get their order from the the burger joint or whatever, and uh, uh, the the workers call the other workers a name, and the guy's like, she's like, well, what's that? And, and he's like, oh, these these white people are into some kinky stuff. Do you want to do one of those? It's like a Hungarian <laughs> pickle. That's kind of the thing that was running through my head. Like, right. I'll do a Hungarian pickle with you. Do you want to do a Hungarian pickle? You know, and like nobody even knows what that is, right? Just like the donkey show. Pickle effer. <laughs> anyway, while listening to a favorite song, oh, we already talked about that. Music listening interventions are like over-the-counter medications, said Jason Kiernan, an assistant professor from the College of Nursing. You don't need a doctor to prescribe them. I mean, Duh. okay. I mean, <laughs> the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass has been prescribing music all of his life. Typical would like you to have to have a doctor prescribe some particular musics. She would, yes. While previous research studies have used music listening interventions as a tool to treat pain and anxiety, Kiernan took a novel approach by studying the effects of music listening interventions on chemotherapy-induced nausea. Okay. Pain and anxiety are both uh, neurological phenomena and are interpreted in the brain as a state, Kiernan said. Chemotherapy-induced nausea is not a stomach condition. It is a neurological one. The small pilot study included 12 patients undergoing chemotherapy treatment who agreed to listen to their favorite music 
for 30 minutes each time they needed to take their as-needed anti-nausea medication. They repeated the music intervention anytime nausea occurred over the five days beyond their chemotherapy treatment. The patients in the study provided a total of 64 events. When we listened to music, our brains fire all kinds of neurons, Kiernan said. This is true. Before we go on with the article, I just have this thing in my head now of like, Pepto-Bismol is going to start putting like speakers in their bottles. So like yeah. when you got, you got to take the thing, it's like music is playing too. To, you know, yeah. I also want to argue that I don't know if this is making the medication work better or if it's something else. Because when I think of like, oh, antidepressants, you know, yes. I've never taken antidepressants. But when I'm sad or when I'm feeling a certain thing, I'm going to listen to a specific kind of music mm-hmm. to make me feel better. So yeah. I've been using music as an antidepressant yes. my whole life. Yes. You know what I mean? If I was nauseous, maybe it's like more of a distraction. Like, oh, I'm going to listen to, you know, Slayer or Megadeth, and that's going to make me feel better no matter what my ailment is. It's mm-hmm. more of a distraction. I even use it in the car on my way home. When I'm about to fall asleep behind the wheel because I'm so tired after working night shift, I listen to really loud death metal music, mm. and that keeps me awake. Yeah. It makes you drive faster, too, doesn't sure it? Sure does. It, yeah, it, it <laughs> I have that issue anyways. So. Um, so for me, I mean, like, I I think I'd be dead without music. Um, I have music going on in, in my house most of the time. Ironically, I have stopped listening to music in my vehicle very often, right? And by, like, once a week or something, I'll have the music going in the car, only because... I've never driven a used car. All my cars are used, and I want to hear what's going on with the car and make sure I don't have something Oh, I, I do the opposite. If I hear something I don't like, <laughs> yeah, I just I, turn the music up. No, I, that's I, fine. I've become proactive with repairing my car instead of reactive. So uh, if I hear something going on, uh, and I know... Uh, in, here in New Hampshire, they make you get these uh, inspections every year yeah. that forces you to take your car to an automotive repair shop. And, of course, that for, it's a that scam. forces... It's What it did, does is it gives the repair shop an opportunity to strong-arm you into paying for a repair you probably don't need. So when I go and I do this, I'm prepared with a repair that I might already need somebody to look at. Right, so I'll get the thing done, and I'll have them look at whatever's making a rumble or a weird noise, or it's, you know, it's pulling to the right, whatever it is. I'll be like, "Hey, can you?" And so then, instead of them sort of strong arming me into some repair I don't need, I'm actually giving them a repair that I might need or a symptom for them to look at, so that it's my choice instead of theirs. So Just my little way of sort of getting around that. When I was still in Hawaii, they also do the safety inspection, mm-hmm. and I had an older car right that was falling apart. And the right side passenger mirror had some tape on it mm-hmm. to hold the mirror where I needed it. Sounds so like I a could, repair to me. So I could see out that side of the car. Yep. Yeah, and I works. took it to the place to get it inspected. And the guy said, hey, you can't have tape on the mirror. Why not? Because that's it doesn't pass inspection. So? Right. Well, so the state says it so. It works. The state's, yeah. You're right. The state says. But it goes, but if you don't have a mirror, I can pass you. <laughs> I go, so let me get this straight. If there's no mirror on there, I pass the inspection. But if I have tape to hold the mirror in place, he doesn't pass. And he goes, yep. And I kicked the mirror off right in front of him. <laughs> I just booted it like halfway down the parking lot. That's went, hilarious. There you go. Oh, now, I wish there was video. Now, the irony is I took it back the next year to get my next year's inspection. He goes, you got to put a mirror on this side. I'm like, do you remember me? He's like... Now, I'm the guy that kicked the mirror off. He's like, oh, yeah, I do kind of recall that. I'm like, how can you forget? Yeah. Son of a... Yeah, how many people are doing that? And so what, did did he pass you? No. He said, well, the rules have changed. 
Of course they have. Why and so that was, that was the last time I got a safety inspection. We drove they? without it for a few years. Yeah. Uh, circling back to this article now, just as a guy, you know, rock and roll musician type, I have known forever that music improves your drugs. Drugs maybe improve your music. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I know that music, symbiotic. music has done many awesome things for my life, and I credit it with me being alive today. Uh, as opposed to some other people who credit it with like, oh, you made my kid commit suicide. It's like, eh, no, your kid was seeking music as a form of therapy and you failed to recognize they had a problem. At any rate, uh, while Kiernan did see a reduction in the ratings of patients' uh, nausea severity and their distress, uh, he cautions that it's difficult to isolate whether it was the gradual release of the med- medication doing its job or the increased benefit of the music. I contend that... Uh, just having these patients listen to music may calm their nausea. Absolutely. Depending on the type of music and if it's their favorite or, you know, whatever. Depending that on the type of music. Right. Calming music. I mean, I Lullabies. Have, I have, soothing. Well, not always. Smooth jazz. But I have patients come to me all the time where they're having really bad anxiety and they're like, man, if I could just have like my phone or a CD player or something to be able to listen to music, mm-hmm. I would be able to take my mind off of whatever it's yep. on right now. And that would be so much more helpful for them rather than me giving them a clonidine or a visceral, which are common anti-anxiety meds. Some of these people don't even want the medication. They're like, we want to listen to music, right. you know? What were those things? A clonidine and a what? Uh, visceral. Those, just... are, those are different than a Hungarian pickle, right? Yeah. They're, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. All right. You don't have to tell me where you work, but what environment is this where you're, you would not be allowed to allow them to listen to music? Um, sometimes people, like if they're in like a program, like a like detox or something like that, if they're in okay. like a, a voluntary program of sorts, sometimes they'll restrict, like they won't be able to have their cell phones or, okay. or even if somebody was in recovering for like an eating disorder or something like that, they might not want them to have access to like the internet and things that might not be... Sure, but a radio... Right, like a battery-operated yeah, so, radio. Or- yep. So sometimes, okay. or or in jails, like uh, nurses that work in prisons, maybe if yeah. the, if yeah. the certain uh, inmates might not have access to things like that. Okay. Because after all, music soothes even the savage beast. I mean, if they, if they wanted to calm people down in jail, right? Like, give them music and, and give them some drugs. Yeah, I mean, so uh, music can also be weaponized, right? So, uh, for example, a uh, Waco. Right, yep. uh, but before they killed everybody, uh, they brought in these big old loudspeakers. They made sure that they were tuned to a very narrow set of uh, frequencies, meaning not a lot of bass, a whole lot of mid-range and high-end, because those are the most annoying. They focused on the the one K range of frequencies, which are the most audible to humans. All everything that rings, all of your telephones, your cell phones, your wireless phones, those all ring around the one K range because that's the most audible. That's why you can kind of hear the phone when you're way out in the backyard. And you're like, did the phone just? Or ring? when it's or not whatever? even ringing. Yeah, because it carries that far. So anyway, they weaponized it against these people, and they just cranked it up and played, I don't even know, horrible music over and over again at incredibly loud volumes. Uh, Government has already experimented uh, with something that I refer to as the brown note. Oh, yeah. And so this is uh, big amplifiers with some uh, big subwoofers that are subsonic. That means humans can't hear it. And they will play low frequencies at a high enough amplitude that it causes your bowels to malfunction. Wow. This is called the brownout. We're out of time. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you, Richie Rich. Thank you, Nikki, for... Way to wrap the number two story in there. The number two story is ongoing. 
Uh, if you missed any part of the show, find us over at freetalklive.com at the archives. Thanks and peace.